episode 144, part 2. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. You're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. All right. Hey, uh, welcome to part two of episode 144. Uh, in this section, we're going to be talking about the DC movie news that came out this week from all the different outlets, uh, as well as uh, that's basically the main focus. Uh, we're also going to be talking about uh, some of the Marvel rumors that came out uh, just, I'd say, yesterday, yesterday, today, maybe some just recently, hmm. I'm not even sure about the Marvel. I was going to say the same. Okay, well, we'll talk about we'll talk about those things that you don't know about. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> we still have with us Mr. Jacob Harmon, and it is still great to be here talking with you guys. And I'm going to play the bumper that you can't hear. Jacob <laughs> Harmon is with us. Go go Power Rangers. Jacob Harmon's got his sword all up in this bitch. It's more than time, you sentient bearded son of a bitch. <laughs> all right. Not only do we have Jacob Harmon with us, but we also have Mr. Joe Schmo Comic Show himself, Mr. Jared Gafford. Hey, how's it going? Glad to be back on the show. And I'm going to play the bumper that you can't hear now. <laughs> <laughs> This guy puts the big D in DC, and the C liked it multiple times. Uh. It's Jared Gafford. <laughs> if you guys can't tell, Frank enjoys your bumper. <laughs> that bumper just killed Frank. That's good shit. <laughs> All right, just for shits and giggles, I'm going to play it one more time for you. Frank. <laughs> This guy puts the big D in DC, and the C liked it multiple times. It's Jared Gafford. The moans get me. Gafford's like, what the fuck? (laughs) There's moans. (laughs) Like a pro marriage tip for you, Gafford. When you go to listen to this, what's up with it? Yeah. When you go to listen to this episode, have Emily with you, turn the lights down low, and then listen close <laughs> just, just put that 10 seconds on repeat yeah that, that that'll get it done i tell you what i'm just going to send it to you in an mp3 file all right Good and I'll, I'll send it to you in an mp3 file with some candles nice yeah all right guys uh we are going to be jumping into some huge dc news last night batman destroyed my vagina and now the leftovers are going to destroy DC news. 
It's time for DC News, you fucking pieces of shit. <laughs> All right, guys, DC News. Uh, first, let's let's talk about the news that came out for the Justice League. The news came out, and people were a little bit underwhelmed from what I noticed on our Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, I think people were actually looking at the wrong articles. Uh, in my personal opinion, from what I've read and from what I've heard, there is plenty uh, to be excited about. But let's first look at the news that most people saw. Uh, first, we saw the new Justice League logo for the film. Uh, not much to get excited there, in my opinion. What are you guys thinking? No, no, not really. It, it, it's it's okay. It's simple. What do yeah. you, you think, Gafford? Um, it were, did you guys ever see the Justice League Gods and Monsters Oh, uh, the I actually I own it, but I have not watched it yet. I and I may be wrong, but I think it reminds me. I think that had a similar logo. Um, I don't know. It's it's a logo. It's not. It. I don't know. There's not a whole lot to it. <laughs> All right, so. rousing endorsement for the logo there from Jared Gafford of the Joe Schmo Comic Show. Daniel looks like they owe and us his, uh, royalty and, and, rights. And his quote of. Yeah, it's a logo. <laughs> <laughs> that looks a little eerily familiar. Looks like they owe us money. Yeah. Isn't that it? Mm. What What are you talking about? That looks a little... That's not it. Oh, okay. That's not it. Then that's I looked at the it. wrong fucking one. Yeah, you are. Wait, <laughs> that person does owe us money. Go yeah, back. I do. <laughs> Focus all your attention on Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> He's locked up right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, we then got uh, the Justice League movie synopsis, which was fueled by his restored faith in humanity and inspired by Superman's selfless act, Bruce Wayne enlists the help of his newfound ally, Prin- Diana Prince, to face an even greater enemy, together, Batman and Wonder Woman work quickly to find and recruit a team of metahumans to stand against this newly awakened threat. But, despite the formation of this unprecedented League of Heroes, Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Cyborg, and The Flash, it may already be too late to save the planet from an assault on a, of uh, catastrophic proportions. So we got that. Uh, I have a hard time not, believing anybody can work quickly in a Zack Snyder movie. <laughs> You're, we're going to get a lot of that in this episode, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. A lot, of, a lot of Zack Snyder hate from the Jake Elliott camp. It may already, yeah, maybe already too late to save moviegoers from a film of catastrophic proportions. Thank you, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we also got confirmation of who Willem Dafoe is playing in the film. He's playing the uh, he's playing Volko. Uh, who is uh, Aquaman's elder and advisor uh, and also an Atlantean uh, himself. Uh, we also found out that the main villain will not be Darkseid. Uh, it sounds like they're leading up to Darkseid, mm-hmm. which I, I'm going to get your opinions here, guys. Is that a smart move? In my opinion, yes, it's the smart move. I, I completely agree. I totally agree. Totally. Same. Yep. We're all in agreement. Woohoo! That, that's a first. That's a first. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the main villain for this film was confirmed by Deborah Snyder uh, to be Steppenwolf, uh, who we all saw in the deleted scenes from Batman v Superman. Has everybody seen that deleted scene? No. Yep. I have not. Not at all. Okay. I yeah, have I seen have. Steppenwolf at my local fair a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> There's a deleted scene of uh, – it was released online – and we don't know if it's canon or not. It's just a deleted scene. They've never come out. And Zack Snyder's never come out and said if this scene's canon or not. 
but it's a scene of Steppenwolf talking to Lex Luthor, and he's got the three he's got three uh, floating mother boxes. Yeah, we're gonna get to watch the director's cut on Tuesday. I'm kind of excited for yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna get that three hours or so. Yeah, yeah. Fi- uh, Jenna Malone's character finally gonna be in it. Yeah, good for her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the storyline uh, in this was influenced by Jack Kirby and the New Gods comic books. Uh, Justice League executive producer Deborah Snyder confirmed to the members of the press on Friday. Uh, is that Zach's wife? Yes. Okay. Uh, confirmed to members of the press on Friday that Step- Steppenwolf will be uh, indeed the uh, villain of the Justice League. When asked if the role had been cast yet, she reluctantly said he has not but insists that they are close to finalizing a deal. So they have somebody in mind. Uh, the deal has not been finalized, so they can't really report on that yet. But it looks like they've got somebody in mind. Mm. No rumors about who that could be? No clue. Mm. No clue. Nothing from what I've read. Uh, Steppenwolf's sister, Hegra, was Darkseid's mother. This is a little bit of a uh, backstory for the character. Uh, okay. Steppenwolf's sister, Hegra, was Darkseid's mother until she was killed by her husband, it sounds like a fucking soap opera. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the villain is generally depicted as the great military mind behind Darkseid's forces. Steppenwolf will be leading an army of parademons, first seen in the nightmare sequence of Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Steppenwolf made his first appearance in the DC Films universe in a deleted scene from Dawn of Justice, which was released online the Monday after the film's release, which Zack Snyder calls DC's equivalent to a post-credit scene. He didn't put it in there as a post-credit scene. He just he just gave it to the internet on the following Monday. Hmm. So it, I, I happen to believe if he's doing that, I think it's canon. Yeah, I think so, too. If it's an official Time Warner release, then yeah. canon it is. Uh, in the war room on the set of the Justice League, a tall outline of Steppenwolf was on display, but all color and details were removed and replaced with a black figure, which is exactly the way the character looked in the scene, in the deleted scene. But I think what we saw there was just a hologram of Steppenwolf. So mm-hmm. if he's going to look like that in the movie, I don't know. He might... The, the hologram version may look completely different than the version that we see in the movie. And I happen to think that it will, if they're going to cast a very well-known actor, they're going to want to get his look across, right? Agreed. They might not even have finished the effects in that shot since it wasn't officially. Well, it looked I pretty good. I mean, we thought yeah. that was going to be the case with Apocalypse, and I didn't really see much of Oscar Isaac's face in that. Yeah, it know. was the case as far as what he looked like from those first, like, shots that we saw of him yeah but the final pro- final product i didn't really feel like it looked that much like oscar isaac no i agree the final product didn't look great but it did look vastly different from the first images we saw true uh, he looked like garbage uh, not arguing <clears throat> yeah uh let's see here uh and finally uh justice league is now a standalone movie and not a two-parter so stop calling it a two-parter, people. Mm-hmm. It's a standalone movie. I believe, and this is just me talking, I believe that we might get a movie later called Justice League Dark Side War. Yeah, yeah I could I see that. But I'm not saying that it's going to be the Dark Side War from the comic, that line that we just got in DC Comics. I'm just saying they're going to take the title. That's just Much like Age of Ultron. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I think there's a bad stigma going around around right now when it comes to having movies be two-parters. 
that a lot of the major Hollywood studios are trying to step away from now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the outline may still be the same, but they just want to deteriorate that notion that you have to have seen this one mm-hmm. to see that one so they can make more money. Agreed. You know, we're going we're to be jumping into all these news. Like, that's the main bit of news that came out that people were reading and they were underwhelmed with. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, there was tons of articles out there from different media outlets that got invited <clears throat> to these set visits. And so the bulk of the news came from these set visits. Now, we can, we're going to talk about these set visits in great detail, and we can also talk about what was the purpose of these set visits. And I know, Jake, I know what you're going to say. Mm. I know what you're going to say. It's to steer the ship. I mean, the ship's going in the wrong direction for a lot of people, and they're hitting the panic button trying to do damage control. But and we can all agree on that, right? Yeah, nothing wrong with that. That's what they need to do. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, uh, I want to get, uh, Jared, I want to get your thoughts because, like, you know, we've talked in past episodes, our thoughts on Batman v Superman. Uh, Jake, mm-hmm. Jake, uh, gave it a low taste it. Um, we have a rating system here. It's toss it if we hate it, taste it if we like it, and Tupperware if we love it. Jake mm-hmm. gave it a low taste it. I gave the Batman v Superman a taste it. Uh, Frank, you tossed it. Yep. And then Jay, who's not with us today, he gave it a, uh, a taste it as well. Jared Gafford, what did you think about Batman v Superman? Uh, um, as the first time I saw it, so I saw Batman v Superman three times. Um, and the first time I saw it, I really enjoyed it, but there, I had a few questions. The second time I saw it, I actually enjoyed it a lot more. Um, and then the third time I saw it, I enjoyed it even more. I would give it a high taste it. Um, I think that I, I see what people are saying um, with, with all the criticism and everything. But yeah. for me, like from pure enjoyment and from the depiction of these characters, like I, I thought that it was very well done. Um, I thought that it was to me, it was three distinct acts. Um, and, and I thought that, um, the story, to me, the story made sense. Like I've heard from a lot of people that, oh, the, the plot was all muddled and, and there was really no direction to me. Like I saw the direction and it made sense to me. Um, so I, I really enjoyed it. I'm super excited for this, this ultimate edition to see, um, to see if maybe, having Zack Snyder's version of the movie will help improve it at all. Cause I do mm-hmm. think that there was a lot of Warner brothers involvement in the, um, your the movie that might have yeah. detracted from what Snyder's vision was. Cause I actually, You're right. You're like right. you, Brian, I actually really enjoy Zack Snyder movies. I loved Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Um, love 300. I, I, I actually, um, I don't know. Like I, I like that style, like the visual style. It's not for everybody, yeah, but I yeah. really enjoy it. No, you're, you're, you're. Uh, I'm going to stop you right here. I'm going to let you finish that thought. But you're absolutely right when you're talking about Zack Snyder and the studio involvement. In so many words, he has come out and said that yes, me and Christopher Nolan sat down, and what we wanted was the logical next step in from Man of Steel. The next step is Batman v Superman. Batman versus Superman. Mm-hmm. The studio then decided, oh, well, we got to get in on this Avengers money. 
And that's when they threw in, like, you know, the, the Flash scene. They mm-hmm. threw in the Aquaman scene. You know, they yeah. even gave us more probably Wonder Woman than, than, than we probably needed in this last film. Although I love the Wonder Woman stuff. Yeah, that, if that was if Warner totally. Brothers' decision, they made a good decision. They made a great decision with Wonder Woman. I absolutely loved it, man. I, I loved it. So props to them for doing that. But it, it does seem like there was studio involvement. Um, yeah. I, so I, I agree 100% with you, man. Well, I'll say this. Um, have you guys all seen the trailer that was cut for this Ultimate Edition? I'm no. not. Uh, okay. I, I tried watching it, and my internet was being shitty that day. So what did you get from it? Um, if this w- if that was the trailer that would have been released initially, um, I would have I, – I, I think my excitement for it – I was already excited for the movie just because of what it is. But my excitement for the movie would have been through the roof based on this Ultimate Edition trailer that was released. Um, there was there were scenes in the trailer that were not in the movie. Mm-hmm. So it, it made the – it made more sense. Um, I think the movie, the ultimate edition is going to make more sense having some of these extra scenes put into the movie. Um, so yeah, I would, I would suggest, I mean, at least checking out the, the trailer, uh, okay. and, and see what you think of that. And, and, Try to try to watch this trailer as if this was the first thing that you saw from the movie, and and see what your excitement would have been based off of that. And because because I'll agree, like they totally blew their load with the trailer that they released showing Doomsday. Like that was stupid of them. Um, wasn't but, it? Wasn't it? I mean, that, it's it, it's studios making really bad decisions. I mean, we've seen this a lot lately with trailers. Mm-hmm. We saw it with Terminator Genesis. They basically they told they told uh, they told Alan Taylor, "Listen, you're either going to have to give away the fact of Matt Smith's reveal." As uh, spoilers for Terminator Genesis, a shit movie if you haven't seen it, people. But spoilers here. Uh, th- you you have to give away one reveal. Either Matt Smith is um, the uh, was is cyber not Cyberdyne, but what's the, is Cyberdyne? Skynet. Skynet. Yes. We, you either have to give that away that Matt Smith's character is Skynet, or you have to give away the fact that John Connor is the evil terminator in this next movie. One of those things you we have to give away in this this next trailer. And Alan Taylor was not happy with either, but he I, I guess he felt he had to pick the lesser of two evils. Either I give away something, you know, that you know what I mean? Yeah. I it's See, a bad like, trend. And that's what happened here. I felt like Zack Snyder had no control over that trailer. I felt like he had no control over that trailer. That that was a studio cut trailer and not a Zack Snyder trailer. And you can disagree with me, but I feel like – I don't feel like Zack Snyder wants to give away the third act of his fucking film in the second trailer released. No, I'm super sick of that trend too. I'm super sick of it. I mean even to a degree Civil War did that to you kind of. I mean they showed you Iron Man and Cap fighting – past when the movie had yeah. showed that they had made up. Yeah. So in my head, I'm like, well, at some point, they're still going to have beef with each other because yeah. we haven't yeah. seen the scene when Cap and Bucky are trading the shield and trading blows on Iron exactly. Man. Exactly. Right. He's making the Manchurian candidate joke and saying, yeah. it's, it's cool now, but we know that we saw that fight from the trailer. You're absolutely right. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's a trend that just drives me fucking crazy. Like, I'm almost to the point where for these big blockbuster movies, I don't want to see the trailers. Not because I'm like a spoiler pussy, but it's like the third fucking act right right yeah. yeah they're letting so much out of the bag that it ruins any like mystical enchantment that you would have had seeing it on the screen for the first time realizing it. well 
I wonder if so. I didn't watch any of the trailers for Terminator Genesis because I honestly didn't have like any interest in the movie. Um, and then I just red boxed it one night um, with me and my wife, and we were just like, "Eh, we'll watch a movie." And I I had heard all the reviews and everything, and like everybody said, it wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. And I knew nothing about it. I actually re- kind of enjoyed it. I would I would give that a, a solid taste. It. Um, but I had no idea, like the the spoilers you guys are talking about. Like yeah. I didn't know any of that. Okay. So for me, for me, that was all fresh when I watched the movie. You know what? So. I, you know, I, I I tossed the movie, but I'll let you get away with that because you hadn't seen those reveals yet. Because mm-hmm. I would have been shocked had I seen that. Oh yeah, shit! Holy shit! John Connor is the evil Terminator in this movie. That would have yeah. kind of gotten me. Um, but on the flip side, as a fan of like uh, the Terminator himself. The way they made Arnold in this movie, the smiling Arnold. Yeah. If you watch the deleted scenes from Terminator 2, yeah, I'm gonna get back to Justice League. People, chill the fuck out. If you watch the del- <laughs> if, if you watch the Justice League, uh, not Justice League. If you watch the Terminator 2 deleted scenes, there's a scene where Arnold smiles, and mm. it was deleted for a fucking reason because yeah. it sucked. <laughs> and they and and that's what they tried to build this on was the smiling joking Arnold and I had a problem with that. Uh but anyway, back to Justice League. Hey, Harmon, you still haven't seen Batman v Superman. Is this something that you're going to or, or have you? Have you slid the 8 quarters yet? Uh it hasn't come to that theater yet. Okay. And when it does, maybe I will, but I'm still in no rush to see it. Okay. Well, I, would you at least red box this one? I'd, I'd probably red box it. Maybe if I got like a red box gift card or something. Well, if, <laughs> wow. Maybe, maybe don't maybe don't red box it and just borrow somebody's ultimate edition instead. I think that's what I realistically am probably going to end up doing. Why do you have so much um, distaste before even seeing the movie, Harms? Everything I've seen for it, it was it just nothing seemed interesting to me. Mm. And I think it's because, like, when I think of Batman. I think of, like, that classy, like, I think, I don't know. It's it's hard to describe, but, like, I look at, at Ben Affleck, and he's just not my Batman. Yeah, yeah. I'm willing to give it a shot, but it's just not, I don't know. It just didn't interest me yeah. at all. I'm, st- w- I'm with you, Harmon. I still feel like the bigger fallacy is what they've done to Superman and just made him, like, not liking people at all, it seemingly. Well, I, I Come on, Gafford, Gafford, hold on. In the, in this in the I'm sorry, dude. In the scene of the courtroom, man. In the scene of the courtroom, there's a huge missed opportunity. Superman's in the courtroom and he can give this amazing speech finally. And what happens? Fucking the people's court blows up. Yeah. It's like wow, we could have finally got to hear Superman's thoughts on everything. You could have given us this amazing speech, a la Christopher Reeve. You know, I fight for truth, justice, the American way. Instead, this place blows up after this bitch looks at a fucking mason jar of piss. <laughs> Fuck that scene. Yeah. It's, it's like in no comic books is there such a total lack of humanity for Superman. I mean, it's just like, it's so crazy. I don't know if, to, see, to me, like, and, and maybe it's just like a different perspective. I don't know, because I'm not, not like making excuses for the fact that they've definitely, they, there's definitely a darker Superman in this. But to me, I, I, I find almost 
more humanity in him like battling between and i can't remember what exactly he says but the scene where he's talking to lois um and he i can't even remember what he said uh, no, but try, to wor- try to work it out because i, I want to hear what you have to say here because i i felt like there was more humanity in 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 clark in man of steel Mm-hmm. than there was in Batman v Superman. I felt like I agree with that. There were scenes that were like where he is showing up to rescue those people on the roof and it wasn't heroic. It was almost just like I can do this and I'm just doing this because I can do it. Yeah. I I do think there was a little less depth to him in B- in Batman v Superman as opposed to Man of Steel but I really wish I could could remember what he said to Lois but there was the one scene where he's he's basically going off to to fight Batman because he doesn't really in his head he doesn't really have a choice mm-hmm. and he says something and I don't remember what he said but I remember feeling like wow like he he is just like so messed up in his head like he doesn't even and, and that was like the humanity part that related to me was like because I've I've been in so many situations in my life where um, where I, you've had I'm, to fight I'm, men that were dressed as bats. I understand. <laughs> I mean, I've been there myself. Um, Dude, if you got people I, stealing your mom, you got bigger problems than that. Where I've where I've been so messed up in my head that I didn't really like know what the right choice was to make, so mm-hmm. I just did like the first thing that like came into my head, and to me in Batman v Superman Clark Kent is so struggling with the fact that like he wants to be human so badly but then at the same time he's not human and he knows he's not human and he knows that like he is basically the most powerful being on this planet and like for me this like the scene in the beginning where he's Clark and he's with Lois and they get in the bathtub and all that stuff to me that was like okay this is him trying to be human and I, I don't know. I, I thought there was more humanity in it than what people were giving the film credit for. But for me, I am okay. Like I'm not so stuck on what's what's happened in the comics and and, and the history of characters. Like I'm pretty open minded about I felt, like, making it's, changes it's, and I, stuff. Uh, I know. I like finish your thought, Gafford. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Um, I, I'm pretty. I'm fairly open-minded to what other creators have in mind for different characters like i like seeing different versions of characters i don't want to see the exact same version of a character over and over and over again because that gets boring Mm -hmm. so for me this was a new version of superman that like i hadn't seen before and i really liked seeing something different this was dr manhattan superman agreed all all he cared about was lois the entire movie all he cared about was Lois. There was nothing other than Lois. Even his mother got kidnapped. But anytime Lois farted, he was there. <laughs> this was Dr. Manhattan, Watchmen, fucking Superman. Am I right, Jake? I, I completely agree. And I, I feel like I'm very open, too, as far as, like, I don't need it to be, like, textbook like it's been in previous iterations. But there comes a point where it's just not even the character at all anymore. I mean, I feel like Grant Morrison in the comics has done 
completely like left field things with Superman, yeah. but still is able to retain the core of the character. The like, humanity. Like if you can't even yeah. get the core of the character, then whatever changes you make just have no impact. You've to got me. you've got you've got scenes of Christopher Reeve, and, and I'm not trying to say he has to be Christopher Reeve Superman, but I'm just saying like he Christopher Reeve Superman loves Lois, has loves Lois puts her on a pedestal but on the flip side if zod and nod and 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 the other kryptonians are holding uh, are getting ready to throw like a bus with people you can see the emotion on his face there's people in there there's don't don't hurt them don't hurt the people and and, and i felt like his only link to humanity was lois or his mother in some cases but was Lois, and it felt very like Dr. Manhattan. Like, if he loses her, he loses his humanity, which is why we got the whole injustice scene of that premonition that Batman has that, yes, something did happen to Lois, and this Superman could lose his mind. Now, with the new direction, with the new direction that DC seems to be taking from these set visits, are is that any of that injustice is is there any of that going to come into play? Because Injustice is one of the darkest stories in the DC universe, and Deborah Snyder has come out and said that Batman v Superman is the darkest DC movie that you're going to see. It's going to be a lighter tone from here on out. Well, but I think I think Superman regained his his humanity at the end of the movie by sacrificing himself to save planet earth like to i i kind of i somewhat agree with what you're saying about okay. like the whole dr manhattan complex sure but when he chooses at the very end to to go in into he dies trying to take out doomsday to save earth i think that's showing that like okay it is more than just about lois it's about saving the city it's about saving the planet from this monster that it would have been nice for him to say yeah. that though. yeah even then I don't, even then it still feels like lois is going to die too and that's, right. that's it still feels like a sacrifice for lois and yeah. if they would have made more of the movie about that instead of throwing it in in the last 20 minutes then I might have given a shit about it. it, it, it yeah. I, I think they could have done a lot with. The, we're going to get to the Justice League news, people. But like, yeah, I want to. I want to fucking. I want to have it out with this shit. This is like this is good shit because I haven't been able to talk to Gafford on this. If it could just this. come out of Superman's mouth one time yes. that he gives a fuck about humanity, the court it would make a world of difference. The courtroom seems yeah, right. a perfect place to do that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, I don't know. I I think that I, I'm excited to see. When, because I mean, we've in getting back to the Justice League stuff, we yeah. we've gotten news that Superman is going to be in the Justice League movie. Yeah, and my my expectation is that he's going to be more in the third act of that movie is when he comes back. And I'm interested to see what direction they take his character after dying because mm-hmm. I think that there's something about um, like having died and then coming back. However, they choose to bring him back that maybe will reshape his thinking a little bit sure um, yeah but, but and- th- see that's the thing that's what that's what i don't understand i i'll be honest with you i, I we're going to talk about a lot of things that are coming out of uh, the set visits from uh, the justice league that really have me excited i i'm not going to lie to you and say like mm-hmm. okay i'm it's all gloom and doom from here on out no i i'm excited that jeff johns is involved in this 
they, they might be denying that he's involved in this. He is, he is involved in this. He has a lot of involvement in this movie. They might be denying it, but he does. I'm excited about the direction that it's going in. What I'm, what, what I do think is crazy though is that that's the direction that we're going in now and you're not tying up the loose ends from the previous film. The whole reason, Jake, that they gave us that injustice thing is I thought that was something that they were going to talk about. That that was going to be something that they were going to focus on. Oh, surely. In like, a future movie. And and injustice is darker than Batman v Superman. That's that's oh, yeah. Superman turning on the Justice League. I yeah. think in order for that to it's have a real even, payoff though, you need to flesh out the character instead of just having him in the suit. He needs to open his mouth and we need to hear how he feels. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, it's I'm, not even Injustice is not even just Superman turning his back. I mean, it's Green Lantern is on Superman's side. The Flash eventually becomes on Superman's side. Like Injustice is is like you said, the one of the darkest things yeah. that has come out of DC in the past 10 to 15 years. So I mean, right. I just how are they going to how are they going to wrap that up that that yeah. storyline that they that they that they actually they actually brought that up in Batman v Superman. Are they going to do anything with that? Or are they just going to let that people just just forget about that whole scene, that entire scene of Flash showing up and talking to Bruce? Is that I over think, with? I think what they're going to do, I mean, at least this is what I would do, okay. is use that scene and and talk about it in, in one of these upcoming movies. But talk about it as, I mean, the Flash is the one that delivered that. Mm-hmm. So this, what that scene could be is a possible future and something could change within the universe that prevents that future from happening. And I I think that that is probably the more likely direction that they're going to go instead of actually going in the direction of injustice. I agree with Gafford. It's, it's presented as a worst case scenario that they Mm -hmm. have to do everything they can to make sure we don't get to that point. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, injustice itself is, is basically an Elseworlds story. And, there, and there's a reason that that kind of story hasn't happened in the main DC universe. So I, right. I think it's the the wrong direction to adapt else or injustice into the movie storyline anyway. Yeah. Okay, in okay. my opinion. Yeah, well, I, I agree. I just want to make sure that they don't sweep it under the rug. Yeah, I think presented as a worst case scenario and a reason to fight for justice mm-hmm. and to try to you know keep on the straight and narrow makes it a good narrative. So basically, in a movie, Batman stops having these visions. Is that what you're saying, or possibly because of what okay. they do, he stops having the visions? Right. It, it could be like if you're a community fan, it's the darkest timeline, you know, and it's what we have to avoid. Okay. Mm-hmm. Harmon, what are you? Yeah, are you thinking we're just a bunch of lunatics? You have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> He's off petting his horse. No, no, I'm here. Uh, <laughs> see, when I think of Superman, I think kind of like how when we have Captain America and he has that whole, you know, when everyone else says something wrong is right, you have to stick with your convictions, kind of yeah. that Boy Scout. Yeah. For me, Superman is that way. Yeah. He is a man of his conviction. He knows what is right. And it's all about, I know you said it before, but truth, justice in the American way. It is. And I like that Superman. Me like, too. When I watch the Christopher Reeve Supermans, I'm inspired. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Man of Steel did not inspire me that way. And I think that's part of the reason why I didn't seek out uh, BVS. See, I, Harmon, I, I, I honestly, I tried to think of Man of Steel as the 
origin of what would be the Superman that we saw in Christopher Reeve's film. I thought like this is like this is like we're trying to give you like this this guy's an alien, he feels like he doesn't fit in and like in the next movie humanity accepts like you know humanity accepts him. And that's when we're going to get our and I did not get that. And I was let down by that. See, that would have been a good path for that that character to take, to have that development from being an outsider to being that protector of yes. humanity, yes. that symbol of hope. Yes. But is that the real world? Like, I mean, think about like what's going on, and, and I don't want to get into this like this like too heavily. But what's going on with like the politics and Trump and all the stuff that's going on right now? Like, the that's not the real world. People like a winner, one, man. People like a winner. He, but people you're like always going to have people that are going to hate, and the, and people that are going to. The, there's always going to be that divide. It sure. doesn't matter we, we, how how whole or or. Uh, truthful or yeah. or whatever that somebody is there's always going to be somebody that's going to be like no that guy's a fraud that guy is is not what he says he is i think you that know? they lined it up at the end of man of steel where he dropped their satellite down and he told him you're just gonna have to trust me they paved the way pretty good to make it to where they could have had a good relationship going forward but that's not the direction that they took i still th- i have no problem with uh both lex luther and batman having a problem with superman I have no problem with that, but I feel like I, I wanted to have more of a connection with a majority of the populace of Metropolis being fans of Superman, and I never really got that. No, I, I agree. I, I have no problem with the way Batman feels about it either, yeah. and I think that's kind of the problem, though, is that you don't look at both sides. You just pretty much agree with Batman and his rationale is why Superman needs to be taken down. I mean, you really presented no alternative. Mm. Mm. Yeah, there's nothing to argue with about that. I'm trying to think because any of the actions that uh, Clark took was only for Lois that didn't do anything to serve humanity at that point. It was just, oh, "Oh, she's held hostage in Afghanistan. I got to go get her. The only thing that I can that I guess I could use to argue that is the scene where he's going after Bruce Wayne and he looks into like the cook's kitchen or whatever and he sees on the TV that the there's the it's in like Brazil or something. Yes. Um, and then he goes to Brazil because he sees that he stops what he's doing going after after Bruce Wayne to go save people. That's a and great that, – no, Gafford, stop right. That's that's a great – no, that's awesome. That's what I want to see more of. Right. Yeah. That's what I want to see more of. That's my Superman is like he'll stop what he's doing to save people. But it's just the way that Snyder portrayed him – being selfless and saving people the way he showed it cin- uh, cinematically like his cinematography like even when he's like saving those people on the rooftop it almost just looks like it's like it's like it, like it's nothing like it means nothing to him yeah it's the performance too he just comes yeah. across as so cold I think so cold and stone cold and it's like I want to see a suit you know what I mean like even as silly as it was in Superman 3 when he's when he's saving a kitten out of a tree you know what I mean? As silly as that was, that that's the su- that's my Superman. I feel like the antithesis of this is like in the very first film with Christopher Reeve, he's out saving hundreds of thousands of people while Lois is getting buried in the uh, earthquake mm-hmm. or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. and she's but dying. He, but then he, yes, but he took care of business first. He did not go save her first. That's true. 
But then he goes back in time and goes the opposite way around the world just to save Lois. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but yeah as silly as silly as now, the science is, right? That's 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 his that's his love. He for, saved her last, yeah, though. I yeah. guess he he did everything he had to do first. It wasn't like oh, I hear her out of the middle of nowhere and went right to her. He took yeah. everything he had to do, and then it's silly. It wasn't like she was an afterthought, yeah. but right. he had to save the most people that he could first because that's who he is. Yeah, I, I just I just I want to see more. Out of Cavill, I just want to. I, I I just want to see a more, um, oh man, a more heroic Superman. Um, and I, we saw little things like that in this last movie of like him dragging that ship and stuff like that. But just it's the way that Snyder showed those scenes. Like you said, Jake, it was just so cold. There was nothing. There was like after after he after he pulled that ship, that big that big cruiser behind him. There wasn't that scene of him turning around and all the people on top of the boat waving at Superman and thanking him. Yeah, and him flying off and waving at them. There wasn't that. There wasn't those scenes. It was just these cold scenes. And I want to see people reacting to a hero because that's who Superman should be. When you did have that, and there was everybody around him reaching for him like he was a god. Yeah, he just stood there confused. There yeah. was no emotion from him really in return. Weird. It was like he felt so out of place, like he didn't understand how to deal. It with was it. really weird. And I can kind of sort of see why they would put it that way, but. That doesn't help to endear us to the character at all. Uh, Zack Snyder's really into symbolism, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of symbolism in his movies, and like you can get you can get a lot of that symbolism. But on the flip side, it's like some of that symbolism takes like the real natural emotion out of it. It's like, yeah, I get what you're going for here, Zack, but you know what? Like, pull up my heartstrings a little bit. I mean. Like, give me a, give me a hero to, to root for. You know, don't just show me a fucking statue. Don't just show me a fucking statue of Superman, uh, you know, near, uh, in, in the center of Metropolis. Because I don't feel anything for that statue. But when I look at the statue of fucking, uh, Rocky Balboa on the top of those fucking steps, I know why that statue's there. He beat the fuck out of Apollo Creed. You know what? He was, he, a million to one shot that just a regular average Joe is gonna fucking beat Apollo Creed. When I see this fucking thing of Superman there, there, there there's no, it's, it's, it, you get a mixed feeling. You get a mixed feeling. You, you, you don't look at what he did because, because what Zack Snyder doesn't want you to look at him as a hero. You want, he wants you to look at him as a conflicted character. Mm-hmm. He wants you to look at him that way. But on the flip side, it's like, this is Superman. I want to look at him as a hero. Right. Like, I, I want there to be no doubt. And you could talk about the real world all you want to. But even, even though he's throwing this in the real world, you can look at that fight with him and Zod. And you can look at why some people would think he's a menace. And he brought it here. And it kind of works to the detriment of the next movie when you do it that way. Right. And I'm, I'm finally coming to that realization now when they show that statue of Superman that's supposed to, like, show this glorious fucking uh, – this being that saved the planet. But – but that's not what it's a symbol of now. I'm feeling at that Did, point. Am I making any sense? Uh, I completely agree. And, and, well, and, and the opposite, Batman isn't punished for that at all. Like, Batman's allowed to be, you know, yeah. a vigilante and do his kind of stuff. But the movie never, like, paints him as a menace or anything like that. Yeah. So it's it's crazy. I, well, the, the news does I a little bit they, at the beginning, but more of, like, a local issue as opposed to a planetary threat. Uh, Gafford, what are you saying, man? 
I think they actually are planning on painting Batman as more of a menace in the ultimate cut based off of a scene that I saw in the trailer for it. Um, so I'll be interested to see if, if that's the case or not. But, um, I, I agree to, to agree with what you're saying about the statues and everything. Yeah. Even the pose of the statue yeah. is not like a welcoming, like, this is our hero pose. Right. Uh, it's more of like, I, he, he's got the one hand down and then he's got the one hand up and it's like, I'm bending down because you're, you're smaller than me. Isn't he holding like the earth in his here. hand? Is what he, was ho- that? is he holding the earth in his hand? Is that part no, of it? He's, no, it's, it looks like he could be, okay. but he's got one hand above his head and then he's got one hand down as if he's kind of like reaching down to take somebody's hand. Okay. But it's, it's a pose that like makes you think like, like he's better than you. It's it, it's not a pose that's like a welcoming pose. The, the pose that I would like to see, and I know it sounds silly, is the pose where he's standing up straight and he's got his he's basically uh, got his how would you like how the superhero you, pose? Superhero yeah. knuckles pose. on his hips, and knuckles his on his hips. Out. Yeah, and he's got yeah. his chest up in the air. I watched uh, Man of Steel again recently, and I still love it. But in the terms of like also because it's got so many flashbacks, and one thing that I've kind of settled on with these films is as opposed to like feeling like a part of it mm-hmm. like I feel connected I feel very much like I'm watching a spectacle does anyone else get that kind of feeling with these like that you're watching something and it could be amazing or or not but like you're not like invested in it for whatever reason I I I, I loved Man of Steel and I still love Man of Steel uh, when he is fighting Zod I understand why he's fighting Zod Zod laid his fucking hands on his mom right and I love that. I get that. Yeah, I love Man of Steel as well. And I, I understand that whole battle. And I actually felt like he was fighting for humanity. I felt like there was a, there, basically Zod laid out his plan. I'm going to terraform the Earth, and I'm going to use the, uh, I'm going to use uh, uh, the uh, whatever that thing was to to bring back all these Kryptonians, and we'll start a Kryptonian civilization. And, and even I, after fe- that. I felt like in that movie that fucking Clark chose humanity. He fucking he destroyed all that. He chose humanity, but I feel like in the second movie he had he wasn't able. Now that he chose humanity, now I want him to tell humanity the sacrifices that he's made and why he loves humanity. And we never got that. They put a fucking muzzle on him that entire fucking movie to the detriment of the film, in my opinion. It kind of hit me at the end of Man of Steel when I was watching it because, like what you're saying, he made that choice. And even after that, when it was only Zod left standing, he laid it out to Clark about Mm -hmm. how it's, I'm going to kill every last one of them and you're going to have to stop me. But the bad thing is, is it was never Clark who said... No, this is what I'm going to do to save them. It was he was left with no choice, and Zod was the one that did all the talking. So it's like any feelings that I have for Superman through Man of Steel are pretty much reactionary because that's the way he was throughout the film. I still love it because, in my opinion, it serves a better narrative Mm -hmm. than what BVS did, but I lost any of that in BVS because I didn't feel like there was any unified threat. Even up to the end where there was Doomsday, it felt thrown into me. Mm. Hmm. I would like to see more of. Did, did you guys like the Man from Uncle? I've never seen it. The yeah, Army I, Hammer. I've not seen it either. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, man. I really enjoyed it, and I thought Cavill was great in it. And they gave him. Obviously, he's one of the main characters in that, and he he has a lot of speaking lines. And I would like to see more of that 
potential that Henry Cavill has in this next movie as far as like giving him more dialogue and, and, and really being able to, to give that character more depth for sure. Yeah, I, I think that they, they need to do that. Yep. They they need to do that. Absolutely. 100%. But I feel like that won't happen. Like even out of Gafford's own mouth, we're probably not going to get Superman until Act Three. No, that's yeah. that, that, that's absolutely we're not getting him until Act Three. So I, I, I again, and we're going to have all this other stuff going on Through, throughout the entire set visit. All everything Superman was taken out. Everything yeah. mm-hmm. Steppenwolf was taking out taken out of the set visit. They had, uh, from what I heard, is there was they had uh, one standee of all the characters together, and in that standee, yes, in that standee they had Superman, uh, but they don't know if it's a new shot of Superman or something taken from an old movie. Hmm. Uh, but it looked like the same suit, so it's not like it's not like we're getting long hair, long haired uh, <laughs> Superman with the black suit, you yeah. know, coming back. We may get that. I don't know. Uh, we don't need that. But I don't know if we're getting that or not. But that's that's not what they had in that standee. So, can do you mind if we talk a little bit about um, how the characters are going to be introduced into Justice League? Let's do that. I've got, actually I've got everything broken down. I just thought it would be great for, for everybody to kind of like get an idea of what we thought about Man of Steel and Batman v Superman and bitch at each other for the. <laughs> last 45 minutes about it. Yeah, that may have been the most civil we've ever been about it. Honestly, I think it was. I think we did a good job. Uh, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back, and we are going to break down everything from the set visits uh, and, and uh, until Jake uh, is, uh, gives, shoots me a fucking stink eye, mm. <laughs> and then we'll wrap it. Because as soon as the closer the closer it gets to Game of Thrones time, I'm gonna get stink eye. Yeah, especially when the discussion is a Zack Snyder movie. That's true. That's true. All right, we're gonna we're gonna take a quick pause and we'll be right back. Guys, we are back. We're going to jump back into the. Uh, look at Frank. We're going <laughs> to. <laughs> yeah, some shit happened off air. And it was Frank related. We're going to jump. We're going to actually, you know, we've been talking about Batman v Superman and Man of Steel for quite a long time. We need to delve in to the DC set visits. But before we do that, I want Frank. Frank, I want you to mix it up a little bit. What were you telling us? We need a moment of levity. A moment of levity. (laughs) Moment of levity, Frank. What were you telling us right before we came back? What do you call a masturbating cow? I don't know, Frank. What do you call a masturbating cow? Beef stroganoff. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what you guys missed. When we're not recording, yes, that is that, that, that is Frank is the only Frank is the only father on the podcast. And that's, that's what you guys miss. That's why he's got so much experience with that. 
You'd be married a few more years. You'll find out what it's like. <laughs> can, you, can, you, can you really jack off a cow, though? It's, it's more like a bull, right? Well, yeah. Well, what, what movie recently was it where somebody was like, I tried to milk the bull and it worked? Fuck. That was Kingpin like 20 years ago. Oh, shit. Recently. <laughs> what a recent movie. God damn it. These Independence Day flashbacks got me flipping back and forth in time and shit. <laughs> All right, guys. We're going to talk more about these set visits. Uh, we've been talking a lot about the past movies in the DCEU. Let's talk about these set visits. What did we learn from these set visits? Uh, the story of Justice League actually takes place a few months after Batman v Superman. Uh, the media that were there that got to see... Uh, the concept art as well as props uh, that were being used in the film. They talked about some of the props that they saw, and they saw three mother boxes. Uh, if you guys remember, we saw a mother box in the Batman v Superman film when Cyborg's father, Silas Stone, uh, used one of those mother boxes to bring back his son, Victor Stone. Um, everybody remembers that part in the movie. Of course. Yeah. It was on the uh, email. It was on the it was on the email. <laughs> so for this for this film, there are three mother boxes. The first is for the humans, and it's said to be look. It says it's said to be look. It looks bronze. Uh, there's nothing elaborate on it. Uh, they said it kind of looks. I guess they said it kind of looks. I don't know. It's 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 the mother box for humankind. Um, and, uh, then there's the next one. It's the Amazonian mother box and it's dark red, like a blood red. Um, I, I guess that's meant to represent that the Amazons are on their period. <laughs> no, honestly, it's supposed to represent that the, that the Amazons have killed a lot of motherfuckers, right? Not that they're ragging. I know, sexist jokes abound. <laughs> Not the Amazons. <laughs> oh man uh yeah the uh wonder woman movie is brought to you by tampax uh, oh, my sponsor God. i know <laughs> tampax pearl at that uh, yeah oh, God. Uh, well that's that's the amazons and the atlanteans joining forces <laughs> <laughs> It's a collaboration between the two. Um, and the final the final mother box was made of bone and shell, uh, which is the Atlantean box. Uh, so from the concept art, you learn that there's going to be some exposition that's leading to the present day where we see the history of the old gods and the new gods. So it's like that, that Jack Kirby storyline mm. that we were talking about earlier. That's interesting. Um, we see, they saw in the concept art, they saw Atlantis before it was submerged. They saw Atlantis like in its prime. What are you laughing about over there, Frank? <laughs> this is the way Jake sees it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get to see Atlantis before it's submerged. Uh, you get to see the old humans and the old Amazonians. So something big should happen showing us why each of these civilizations get their own mother box. Uh, to me, this sounds very Lord of the Rings-esque, uh, where the humans, <laughs> the dwarves, and the elves, they each get, like, their own rings. Like, you know, the humans get seven rings, the dwarves get, like, you know, uh, four rings or five rings, and then the elves got their three rings. Is there going to be one box to rule them all? 
Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Isn't that the one Wonder Woman's got? <laughs> it, it, it does. It sounds very Lord of the Rings-like. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Uh, so why do they get mother boxes? It's never explained to any of the media in these set visits why they get these mother boxes, but people feel like the three armies had to battle a greater enemy in the past. But we do know that we do know for a fact from these media visits, these set visits, that the old gods and new gods and Zeus are mentioned. So that is something. Um, but uh, we they, they they really never describe anything other than that. Um, any thoughts on this before I go forward? No, I'm pretty confused by the whole mother box thing. Anyway, like I really, I'm not lord in that technology. I don't really even get what they do. So. If he I, doesn't know, you know I don't fucking know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know a, a ton about it. The what the little that I do know is there was a, um, I don't know if it was last year or maybe it was two years ago, but there was um, a run with the new Fifty Two that was um, Infinity Man and the Forever People, mm-hmm. um, which I believe the Forever People are from New Genesis, um, and. So there was there was some stuff with mother boxes and that, but the, just the whole. Um, I thought mother boxes was a new subscription uh, box that you could. <laughs> <laughs> and a it, monthly box for mothers. I, I thought it was sponsored by Glenn Danzig. <laughs> and the first mother, the first do one you want to find hell with me? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but I, I have always been fascinated by the story of like apocalypse and new genesis and the new gods and the old gods and, and all of that. So, um, I'm excited about it. I think that it makes, it makes sense to, to start off a Justice League movie, um, going in this direction, um, as far as, uh, seeing like Steppenwolf and, and, and the Parademons and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Cause you, when you're talking about the Justice League, you have to, you can't have the villain of the Justice League be the Riddler. You know, like it's gotta be somebody that has the power that to where you need a Justice League mm-hmm. where you need, you need all of those members together in order to face it. Um, and so I think, I don't know, I'm excited about it. Okay, let, let me throw this out there. Okay, so basically three mother boxers are given, one to the humans, one to the Atlanteans, one to the Amazonians. It sounds like all three of these civilizations are working together to fight a greater good, the greater evil, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, yeah. what happens? What happens after that? Because now the humans have no knowledge of the Atlanteans. The Atlanteans... Aren't dealing with the humans. The Amazonians aren't dealing with the humans, except for we'll find out with like you know Chris Pine playing uh, you know uh, Steve Trevor in the Wonder Woman movie. But like no, no, there's like no connection between these three. What happens? That has to be explained, right? That has to be explained. And in this movie, it seems like all of them are going to unite again. The civilizations are going to unite in the form of Wonder Woman. Aquaman and Batman, and then you know the two remaining metahumans, correct? Yeah, or just those characters could unite, though. It may not possibly be the entire civilizations yet. Those may be the only characters that have like the knowledge and ideals that they know that they have to put aside their differences to unite. Yeah, it just seems like to me it's just like why were these civilizations given, and who gave them like who gave them the mother boxes, and why were they given them the mother boxes? I need help here. What does a mother box do in two sentences? 
the mother box that we saw in Batman v Superman, it basically it's an apocalyptic mother box, and what it did is it brought back Cyborg. Now, what these mother boxes do for each of these civilizations, I have no clue. Hmm. Like, I have no clue what it does. Like, the mother box that was given to the Atlanteans was given to them before their whole civilization was submerged underwater. So I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, Jared, do you have, I mean, you're our, you're the DC guy. Do you have any idea what these mother boxes are going to do? Um, I mean, the mother boxes have like various different effects for what they can do. Um, they can transfer energy. They can rearrange molecular structure. They can, they've, they've got like power blasts that can come off of them. Um, they can use, they can be used for like mind control. So like controlling a host or controlling mm-hmm. kind of like the mind stone with Marvel. They yeah. can have that effect a little bit. Um, they can be used to, uh, like communicate telepathically. Um, so there's, there's a ton of different things that they can use. Um, they, they're used to open and close boom tubes as well, which like allows that, you to like travel. Yes, that's, um, what, that's, that's how the parademons get to earth. Right, exactly. And, so they're basically so. like a do sex machina. But, they could do whatever they need to do. True. They, but, yeah, see, they the have thing lots is, of uses. what we're going to talk about is like, it's, it feels like the parademons have been on the earth for quite a while though, right? From like what, the, from what we read from the set visits, right? I mean, that's what I'm getting. I, you, you said that you didn't really see like a connection between the different races and like the mother boxes and stuff. Okay. But, Based off of, I mean, some of the stuff that I was reading in this, mm-hmm. it, it sounds like when Bruce and Diana meet uh, Arthur or Aquaman, that there's a little bit of, like, there's conflict between them. Like, they don't see eye to eye. They don't get along right away. And I wonder if maybe that has something to do with maybe there is kind of this storied history between the Amazonians, the Atlantans, and the humans to where they didn't always, they didn't get along. And so maybe that has something to do with the separation of them or or something like that. I don't, I'm not really sure. But. I see. I didn't read anything about like how Aquaman comes into play into any of this. I, I heard about the concept art and things like that, but like the only like characters that I read about that that like the the Justice League, the formation and how like they came into play was Barry Allen and Cyborg. I can understand that maybe like you know Aquaman doesn't get along with Batman or Wonder Woman, but like. From the set visit stuff, what did you read? Because I didn't read that. It's Ben Affleck made a comment that said that they that Aquaman doesn't see eye to eye with Bruce and Diana. Ah, okay. So, um, and then they they know that the members don't all get along at all times. Yeah. Um. So I so to me it made it sound like the the Flash joins the Justice League, then Cyborg, and then. They seek out Aquaman, but there's like conflict between the two of them or okay. the three of them. So, okay. um, let's move on here. The fr- the film it's confirmed to have parademons. We saw the parademons mm-hmm. in the Batman uh, Nightmare Dream sequence in Batman v Superman. So in this film, there uh, are these parademons, and it, these parademons are kidnapping scientists. Uh, mm-hmm. As far as they know, they're kidnapping people. Um, uh, one of the people that they, uh, kidnap is Silas Stone, the father of Cyborg, Victor Stone. 
So with the threat of the parademons, Batman and Wonder Woman, uh, Wonder Woman. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Who's the lead of that band, George Michael? (laughs) (laughs) Wham. Uh, Batman and Wonder Woman, not Wonder Whammon. Uh, they're assembling the Justice League. Uh, and from what I can gather, it sounds like Batman tries to recruit Barry Allen, the Flash. That's confirmed. And mm-hmm. this is not confirmed, uh, that Wonder Woman tries to recruit Cyborg. I, that's a guess, but I'm going to stick to it. I think that Wonder Woman tries, she's the one that tries to re- recruit Cyborg as, as Bruce is trying to recruit Barry Allen. Uh, we'll talk about, uh, that a little bit later. Um, I'm going to talk about the concept art here real quick. They showed concept art for Atlantis, and they also showed concept art for Themyscira. Uh, Atlantis, of course, is where Aquaman's from, and then Themyscira's from Wonder, Wonder Woman's from. <laughs> if you're a complete idiot and don't know that, I just want to spell it out for you. I'm excited to see, um, actually, in the film, Zack Snyder's take on Atlantis. I think that's something Zack Snyder could really excel at, is making a really cool-looking Atlantis. What would you expect from Zack Snyder's Atlantis, Jake? Uh, I don't know. Just lots of, like, different, like, aquatic, unique things. Snorks. Snorks. (laughs) Just lots of really interesting plant life, I would expect, from Zack Snyder. Really interesting color. He, He always has a really interesting color palette with all of his different, like, places and worlds and stuff. Would you be surprised surprised if they said that the concept art was bright and colorful no that's exactly what they've been saying about this yeah i mean that's i I completely expect that from zack snyder i mean his stuff is so full of color uh they say that uh it's bright it's colorful well if you look at the krypton civilization it wasn't it it looked worn in and aged and bronze Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so like that's what i was worried about in this is like this civilization that like it was like uh, underwater, but it was dark and grim. And here it sounds like it's bright and colorful as opposed to Krypton, which I had no problem with Krypton. I thought Krypton looked amazing. I thought Krypton looked cool too. In Man of Steel. Uh, they said that uh, this uh, Atlantis looks more advanced than any other culture. The Amazonians, it looks more advanced than that. They said basically that um, – that, uh, this is kind of like like if we're looking at Lord of the Rings, this is like this is like the elves. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. This is like they're way more advanced than like, you know, the Shire or even like the dwarves and the caves and shit. Like this is way more advanced than anything that we're gonna see anywhere else. So they said Atlantis looks fucking bright and colorful and very, very advanced. Excited to see that. Um there's a hall, uh the in in the concept art there's a hall and a staircase that you see with Atlantean guards who all have shell armor on. Uh, Aquaman is uh, is holding the mother box, their mother box in the concept art. Uh, there's also another piece of art that shows Aquaman. He's near a throne uh, in Atlantis next to a king who is uh, now a skeleton at that time in this picture. Mm. Um, mm. And I hear that the king of Atlantis... In the concept art is the actor that plays the wildling that has the hots for fucking uh, Brianna Park. Oh, oh, yeah. Thorin. Thorin. Is it Thorin? Yes. So Brian's there's Bane. a lot of people saying that it's going to be dude, that dude playing the king of Atlantis come time 
when they film. That's good casting. Based on the based on the concept art. Either the guy is just a big fan of that actor and that character, or this is the actual guy that they've got in mind to cast as that dude. Um, there are also shots of Mira uh, in her armor, and it's green and gold, just like in the comics, as well as Aquaman's armor, which is uh, kind of like a uh, burnt orange at the top and then green at the bottom. So very much like the comic books, except maybe a little Zack Snyder-ish, you know what I mean? Little, darker tones of orange, exact, darker tones of green. Yeah, we're not looking at fucking like, you know, Superman and Friends and shit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, they said Themyscira, on the other hand, uh, it looks like an island, uh, and you see kind of like a stone bunker. I've actually heard it described to, uh, as kind of looking like uh, the island that Luke is on in uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens in Octu. 2. They say there are, they also see stone structures with layers that look like a coliseum. Uh, and you see tons of Amazonians holding spears. So they have a great army. So this is all concept art stuff. This is like, this is probably like, you know, like pre-present day shit. Yeah, hopefully there'll be some connection with the teams working on the concept art for Justice League and Wonder Woman. I mean, I know one will take place way before the other, but it'd still be nice to see some symmetry between the way, like, the armor and the locations look. Yeah, yeah. Instead of it feeling like two completely different filmmakers. That's true. Yeah. Hopefully with them having this unified vision, that's something they'll take into account. Uh, there's concept art of, uh, there was concept art shown of Star Labs. Uh, as well as Barry's secret room. Um, a lot of people say, oh, it's Barry's apartment. Well, it's actually not where he lives. It's a place, I've heard, a place where he stores his suit and his technology. And it kind of like an abandoned warehouse, and he's got a room within this abandoned warehouse. Uh, in this room, um, you see a bunch of screens, and there's a mannequin with his costume on it. There's also a chair where uh, Bruce later sits at this chair and he tries to recruit Barry. Uh, the suit, which I'll talk about, also doesn't sound like his final suit. This sounds like a suit which is probably designed by Barry himself, mm. and it looks very aerodynamic. That's what I'm hearing. It, it has scratches on it, too, uh, that probably from him like running so fast that like you have rocks and debris bouncing off of it. Mm. Um, when he runs, I, he also produces a ton of energy. His suit has these high tensile strength wires that hold the suit together while he runs, and also it helps to conduct the electricity that he that he's producing. So he's conducting electricity, he's storing onto this energy that he's getting from the speed force. Could that come in handy later? I'm actually I'm I'm gonna call it right now. I'm hoping that there's the part later in the film where he needs to power cyborg. Oh <laughs> that's cool. Just running around cyborg and filling him with juice. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kind of like uh, when uh, when uh, Thor uh, uses his electricity and he hits Iron Man and doesn't realize that he just charged him to like a thousand percent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's also these ports on Flash's shoulders uh, on this costume that he made himself that help him be more aerodynamic and help direct him. Uh, the suit is also, I hear, very red, like red. Like, this is not like the Grant Gustin suit, Mm -hmm. the crimson suit that we're used to. And I love that suit. I love Grant Gustin's suit. But I hear this is like a traditional flash red. 
the flash chute is also, I hear, it's made uh, out of NASA materials designed to prevent burn-up on re-entry to the atmosphere. Hmm. That makes sense. How in the fuck does Barry Allen get NASA materials? Yeah, that's that's odd. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I'm I, so far, I'm I'm loving everything I'm hearing about this suit. It, it sounds like they put a lot of work into the aesthetic of the Justice League so far, from like what we've heard from the concept art, from the Atlanteans, the Amazonians, and even down to the suits. We'll talk more about the suits, but man, it, it seems like they're really thinking this through. Do you think the Flash suit is going to be more of an armor or more of like the the kind of material that is on the CW show? Maybe a mix. Okay. Maybe a mix. I don't think it's going to be the armor suit that we saw in the Batman Vision sequence, or in Injustice, or anything like that. Right. Right. I I, I think that the, I think it's going to be. I, I think it's going to be a mix. I I, I think it's it's hard to say. I mean. Um, I could see the helmet being a bit more armory than it is like yeah, in the CW show. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't see it being kind of like the leather type costume. Yeah, I do see it more being like a uh, made of a different material. I'm not saying that it's going to be like like a Batman, like the Batman armor that he wore against you know Superman. I still think it'll be like a lightweight material, but like they're saying, like it's made, it's like made of a NASA material. You know, uh, I think it'll be something, it'll be a lightweight, but also on the flip side, be able to handle like high temperatures. You know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, there was also concept art. Now, this is not, this is concept art of a different suit that said Wayne Tech on it. Hmm. A flash suit? A flash suit. So it, this sounds like the first suit that I talked about sounds like a suit that Barry made himself. Okay. The second suit was concept art suit. And it said Wayne Tech on it. So it's almost like Bruce assembles this team and he funds this team and then gives them new suits and new gadgets and shit. And I'm not sure, like, how far he's going to take it with, like, you know, Wonder Woman and Aquaman and Cyborg. But it sounds like he gives Barry his new suit because Mm -hmm. the suit – and they tried to deny it. Like, they had people calling him out. Like, dude, that fucking suit says Wayne Tech on it. And they acted, like, all stupid and shit. <laughs> like, oh, oh, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I guess you're right. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why that says that there. It sounds like there is going to be a second suit for the Flash revealed. And it's going to say Wayne Tech on it. It sounds like that he is funding the Justice League and he's I, I don't know how much he's gonna do for like Aquaman. Aquaman be like he might be like, Fuck you. I don't wanna <laughs> I'm not wearing I'm not throwing batterings. Fuck you. Yeah. Shit, yeah. Wonder Woman would probably be about the same. And Cyborg is like he's like we'll talk about his costume later, but he's like made of like apocalyptic science. It's like I don't need anything that you got, dude. I, I don't know. But it sounds like Flash gets his second suit from Batman. Yeah, that would make sense that Batman's M.O. from that description of the movie plot you read would be the one funding all of this stuff. Yeah. I I think that the relationship between Flash and Batman, not completely, but I think is probably going to be somewhat similar to the relationship between Tony Stark and Peter Parker. Um, from some of the stuff that I heard, Ezra Miller's Flash is supposed to be very funny. Um, yeah, there's there's going to be a lot of jokes, stuff oh, like that from absolutely. him. Absolutely, we'll talk about that. And, yeah, yeah. Well, and he's he's younger too, so mm-hmm. I think that 
the relationship I, it makes sense to me that that Bruce Wayne would help Flash with a suit. I think it's going to ha- kind of be that similar almost mentor relationship between those two. Yeah. Harmon, I mean, dude, you just been sitting back and listening to all this. Like, does any of this like any of this get you excited at all? Or are you just like, okay, come on, let's get to the good stuff? Actually, yeah, a lot of this sounds very hopeful. Um the fact that the Flash has a true Flash red suit when he starts off. And even when, I mean, we don't know, like, have we seen images of the Wayne Tech suit, like the color that it's going to be? No. Or, no. Yeah, see, hopefully it retains that, that Flash red. And in general, everything you've talked about with the, the design of the where everyone's coming from and the design of the suits, that sounds super hopeful. And mm-hmm. for someone like me who's not a big DC fan, yeah. I mean, this is definitely something I'm I'm gonna go see. Okay. It sounds hopeful. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I'm in that I'm in that same camp, man. I mean, like I'm a very I'm, I'm very pessimistic when it came to like anything future in the DCEU coming out from Zack Snyder. As much as I love the guy, uh, and I do, I, I'm a huge Man of Steel guy. I love Watchmen. I love 300. But man, Batman v Superman kind of missed the mark for me, and so like. Anything coming forward out of Zack Snyder and the DCEU, I was kind of down on. But, like, um, so far, everything that I've talked about here so far, is it's I'm very, very hopeful for. So um, they they talk about there's a scene when they did these set visits – they actually got to sit down and watch a scene be played out. Oh, that's oh, wow. Cool. That's and awesome. The scene that they got to see was uh, Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne talking to Ezra Miller, who's going to be our Flash. Um, and the scene starts out with Ezra Miller, uh, his Barry Allen, uh, heading into his apartment uh, it's dark and it seems to be part of what looks like a warehouse. It's unconventional. There's high ceilings. It looks really old and it's powered by a circuit breaker when Barry arrives to flip its switch. When that switch is flipped, dozens of lights and TV screens hanging from the ceiling are turned on. More importantly, guys, Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne is sitting in Barry's apartment waiting for him. Uh, that's exciting. That that yeah. almost that, yeah. uh, that makes me think Gafford's right about his kind of Iron Man, Spider Man comparison. Yes, absolutely. It, Gafford's one hundred percent right. It, it's very much like Tony Stark showing up at Aunt May's place to sit there and talk to Peter Parker. They've got a quote here from what happened. It says Barry Allen, Bruce Wayne, and that's Bruce introducing himself to Barry. Bruce says to his son Barry, "You say, you say that it is." Uh, you say that as if it's normal to have a complete stranger sitting in, in my, uh, ah, let me start over. You say that as if it's normal to have a complete stranger sitting in my second favorite chair. Barry responds to several laughs from the select press members watching. Bruce quickly reveals a printout of a screenshot from the convenience store surveillance footage which served as the Flash's cameo in Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. Bruce questions Barry about what he's doing in the moments caught on the cameo, but Barry insists comedically that it's someone who looks exactly like him, but is definitely not him. 
just an, a quote, attractive Jewish boy. (laughs) (laughs) Bruce is not convinced and he throws a batarang. Now guys, remember he's, he's dressed as Bruce. He's not dressed as Batman. He throws a batarang at Barry, also throwing the scene into slow motion with a couple flashes of light and wind accompanying the, the scene. Barry steps to the side, looking at the batarang, which had otherwise hit him in the face and then realizes Bruce Wayne is Batman. So there's a lot going on in this scene. Bruce is saying, you're the Flash. Bruce throws a fucking batarang. He's realizing that Bruce Wayne is now Batman. There's a lot going on here. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of things going on here. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, he catches it, and the battering, uh, the battering was not added into this part of the scene yet. So Miller, uh, Miller merely performed the motion of catching it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and lo- then he looks back at Bruce. Time reverts to normal speed and Barry tells Bruce, you're the Batman. To which Bruce responds, and you're fast. Hmm. <laughs> An- that's an, uh, they say it's another comedic uh, time rolls out when Barry tells him Bruce he thinks that he thinks that way of thinking is an oversimplification. Bruce reveals to Barry that he's recruiting people like him, so he's recruiting uh, superhumans or metahumans. Even though Bruce is not a metahuman, he's re- recruiting people like him, and Barry signs up immediately with zero hesitation. He's like basically, it's like it, the scene is laid out like this, like. Bruce is like, so look, I'm looking for other metahumans. And like before he can say it, he's like, I'm in. Yeah. And then he says to Bruce, he's like, you know what? I need friends. And then he also at the end of that says, can I keep the battering? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like he knows this is like, like, like Gafford, like you said, like, Iron Man, Peter Parker. Peter Parker looked up to Iron Man like, oh, my God, wow, this guy. And, like, Flash knows who fucking the Batman is. Right. And he, he's, he's like, in awe. He wants to keep it as a souvenir. This Or sell it on eBay. <laughs> can we agree, like, this is a completely different tone than what we've seen in any other DC movie? Yeah. Yes, yes, at least up totally. until now. I mean, Suicide Squad looks like That's it may true. be a little bit cheeky like this. After the reshoots. Yeah. I mean, even in the first trailer, it looked to be cheeky like this. I agree. But after the re- – I know – I mean, I mean, yeah, in the first trailer, the way they made it look, I feel like I feel like there's more jokes. Like from what I hear – from what I hear is they've added more jokes since Jeff Johns has been added to like the – you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That for- sounds like a Jeff Johns written scene like from a comic book that Jeff Johns would do. Yeah. Like to me. I don't know. I agree with that. It does. It has that kind of sensibility and that sense of humor that you get in a Jeff Johns scripted comic book. They asked uh, Zack Snyder about this particular scene uh, during uh, the, the the set visits, and he said, "He said it's one of the first scenes we have done, so I thought it would be cool to show. But I do think it shows a little bit about what Ezra Miller as the Flash brings to the movie. You know, Batman's Batman." I think Bruce Wayne has this kind of Batman humor that's not the same as you could say he's the straight guy, you know? Mm -hmm. It's what he's good at. When I saw the scene, we just cut it together the other day. I was like, oh, God, this is fun. This is an interesting way of understanding how 
the movies have gone in a progression. By no means is this the whole movie. There are parts of the movie, of course, where they're facing enemies and they have to get their stuff together. Look at the Batmobile, for God's sake. You know they're going to be drawn into conflict. But I think the Magnificent Seven aspect of the movie, the team-building part of the movie, which, and you guys know I'm a fan of the Magnificent Seven and the team-making movies, so it's fun for me to finally get to this point now in the progression of these three movies where we are building a team and making the Justice League, if you will. Yeah, that's a great quote from Zack Snyder. I love that quote from Zack Snyder. It's like, making the team is going to be fun, but when the shit hits the fan, we're not going to have Ultron cracking jokes. Mm -hmm. Gafford, can you... There's definitely a time and a place for the humor. Yes. And as long as they put the humor the right way and it's done in the right scenes with the right pacing, which it seems like it's going to be, especially with that, you know, Batman flash sequence... That that gives me hope. Yes, that that's the place to do it. I mean, you got you guys, uh, Gaffer. Do you agree? That's the place to do it. Is oh, the, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Not during a battle. I mean, I don't need I don't need people cracking wise during a fight well, unless it's civil war and I've got heroes fighting heroes. I, I love that. Don't get me wrong. That was great. Or it's fine with if it's just one character who's tr- and that's like his way right. of trying to keep calm. Spider Man, for example. Yeah. Or maybe that's the Flash in the Justice League. Right. Like right. I'm fine if Flash is making a joke just to kind yeah. of keep calm and centered. Yeah, but, but when it, I got Thor being like, yeah. uh, fucking, you know, next up on the stand up mic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, I, have you guys read much of the Jeff Johns Justice League from the New Fifty Two at all? I read the first seventeen issues. Yeah, I'm around the okay. same, and uh, I, I read a lot of his Aquaman too. I, actually, I read all of his Aquaman. I, I jumped off when Jeff Parker took over the book. What did you What did you guys think of that? I liked it. I love Jeff Johns on Aquaman, and I loved him on Justice League. He's fantastic. I think if they can. The thing that Jeff Johns does really well, and, and and I'm hoping that he has a big enough part in these movies to where he actually has some say in the the way that these scripts are written and everything. Um, but the thing that he does really really well is is the the places that he chooses to put humor make sense and and add to the story. They don't take away from the story or make you think, oh that that doesn't really fit there. Um, and when things need to get serious, they get serious. Yeah. And I, and, and from the sound of everything that you're saying, it sounds like that's what's going to be going on with this, where there's humor, where it's necessary, where it makes sense. But when, when shit's hitting the fan and things are serious and people's lives are on the line, it's going to have that serious tone that it needs to have. But that's what worked for Civil War. I mean, mm-hmm. when 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 Tony finds out that that the the Winter Soldier spoilers for Civil War, when he finds out that the Winter Soldier killed his father and his mother, jokes mm-hmm. are gone. Oh, totally. I, fuck jokes. I'm not making any more jokes. Shit just hit the fucking fan. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay? And that's what makes a great movie, in my opinion, is when you're laughing one minute and then you're fucking... Now you're just... You're driving the point home that, that shit's fucking serious. Shit just yeah. hit the fan. I've laughed with these characters. I've shared moments with these characters. <clears throat> and now all of a sudden, these characters that I've laughed and shared these moments with, 
Now they're getting down to business. Well, holy shit, now I'm fucking locked in. I agree. Mm-hmm. That's how you make a good movie is if, if totally. the laughs are at the right points, then the, dra- the drama is just ratcheted up when you get Boom. to the drama. Boom. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. And it seems like Jeff Johns, I feel like that's what we're getting now. And I, I think it took to bring Jeff Johns in here to do that mm-hmm. because I think yeah. Zack Snyder, as much as I love him, as much as I love him, I think he's a little too wrapped up in symbolism. I think Goyer's a bit of that problem too. True. True, yeah. I'll agree with that. And I think you need a little bit... I love the symbolism, don't get me wrong. I do, I love it. But I think you need a little bit more. I think in order to connect to the characters a little bit more, you need to have a few of those laughs in there too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why they've brought in characters like Ezra Miller's Flash and then even Ray Fisher's Cyborg, which we'll talk about next. Um, mm-hmm. Cyborg's costume, I found out in this, is 100% CGI. Makes sense. Uh, so Ray Fisher, the actor playing Cyborg, is wearing uh, one of those mocap suits this entire time. Oh, so everybody else is like in a prosthetic suit throughout this entire movie. But you got Ray Ray Fisher. He's like chilling out in these uh, spandex pajamas with a bunch of ping pong with a bunch to of ping pong yeah. strapped to his body. Exactly. Uh, the suit itself is very alien looking uh, because it was not created by his father. It's uh, It was created from the mother box mm. that Silas unlocked in Batman v Superman. Uh, I hear that it's uh, it's an apocalyptic design, so it's very alien looking. Uh, he, I hear that Cyborg doesn't even have a full understanding of what this suit can do. He's not even. He doesn't even know what it's capable of doing. Yeah, and he's getting no help from his dad because, like you reported, he's been captured. He's been kidnapped. Uh, mm-hmm. So it, it kind of reminds me of it could be have some very comical moments, kind of like the Greatest American Hero mm. from the eighties. If you ever, if you remember watching that show growing up, yeah, that's a hell of a throwback. Uh, have you got hey, hey uh, Gafford uh, Harmon? Have you guys ever seen the Greatest American Hero? I have not. I think it was on Netflix for a while. He had the the curly hair. Yes, yes. This is a show that I watched as a child, and it's about a superhero. Uh, An alien suit lands on Earth, and a guy puts it on, and he it comes with an instruction book, and unfortunately, he loses the instruction manual. (laughs) So he has no idea how to control this suit, Um, and. I love that show. And this kind of reminds me of that. So there could be some really funny moments where the suit reacts in certain ways that he's not expecting. Yeah, that's super fun stuff. I mean, that's like the Raimi Spider-Man learning learning what his powers are about. Yeah, yeah. Or even Iron Man in Iron Man 1 learning, like, how to use his suit for the first time. The scene where he's in the shop. Yeah, you get really good stuff from that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think think there's going to be a lot of – I follow – comicbook.com on Facebook and they occasionally will do live videos and they were invited to this this big press junket thing that they were doing um, and one of the things he said was he got to see a scene between Cyborg and The Flash and he said that there was a lot of like that the chemistry between Ezra Miller mm. and Ray Fisher was really really good and that there is going to be some of that humor coming from both those characters so, that's great um, yeah that's great. And, you know, that honestly, I think that's a departure from the New 52 Cyborg. Mm. Oh, yeah, totally. New 52 Cyborg, in my opinion, was kind of kind of dark and kind of kind of a dead character. I mean, 
he's playing a dead guy, honestly, that's being that's actually brought to life by machinery, and mm-hmm. he's kind of boring, in my opinion. Yes. Yeah, I was not digging the the cyborg run. I, I love the aesthetic look of cyborg, but like if they can actually. If they can make Ray Fisher fun, like a fun cyborg that's like learning how to use the suit, I think that's a better approach than the new Fifty Two cyborg. I just, I just <laughs> hope that the I'm. I'll be honest. I'm a little nervous about the fact that it's 100% CGI, just because. Yeah. I, I don't. I would. I hope that it ends up being Iron Man suit and not Green Lantern suit CGI. Um, well, even the Iron Man suit did not look great in Iron Man Three or. Or in uh, Civil War, in my opinion. Age of Ultron, it was awful. Age of Ultron, yeah. not good either. I mean, yeah. like, yeah. It, uh, it just, I mean, uh, I, I don't think they had ILM doing the suits anymore. They had ILM doing it for the first two movies, and I thought it looked great. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time, he was using, like, a, an actual prosthetic suit. But oh, was he? Yes. In the first oh, two okay. movies, John Favreau was a big proponent for having prosthetic suits. Like, gotcha. real okay. suits. Especially for the helmet, and I, I feel like th- like they like ever since then you can tell like in Iron Man three and then especially in especially in Civil War that scene where he's standing next to like uh, it's the scene where he right before Sp- the Spider Man's introduced when they're at the airport and it's him and War Machine standing yeah. next to each other. It oh. lo- if you watch that scene, it looks so that suit looks so fucking fake, hmm. so fucking fake. Watch that again. Yeah, it, well. and, and and so and so like um, I am worried about that too. As much as like the aesthetic, the design may look awesome, I'm worried about the suit looking just fucking CGI is all hell. Right. I want it to. I want it to look real and to, to yeah. function like an actual real suit would. Yeah. Because they had ILM doing it for the first two movies, and it yeah. looked great. I don't think it looks that bad in Civil War. I, it does. I saw it a second time after you had said that, and I really didn't think it I looked disagree. as dark. I will disagree with you 100%. Oh, I know you will, but I, I think you're overselling how bad it looks. It does not look that terrible. It does. When the, when, when the mask goes away. I know exactly what part you're talking about. When the mask goes away and they're standing there, Jake, it looks like floating heads on bullshit video game armor. <laughs> it looks like floating. No. I it, agree to disagree floating heads on bullshit video game armor agree to disagree well i'm not the one with the fucking prescription glasses on okay i know i know yeah i know i know i'm just saying my vision's terrible so i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about i think you're overselling how bad it looks it looks bad it looks I bad. I think you're overselling how bad it no, looks. It, no, it's noticeable. It it's is noticeable. War, it didn't jump out to me too much, but when I watched Age of Ultron That airport home, scene when he's standing next to War Machine, I fucking... You're the one with the lazy eye, and I got him <laughs> over here fucking wearing fucking uh, lens crafters on. So I got one that's 2010, <laughs> motherfucker. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not pulling no punches. I'm not going to be fucking Hawkeye here. I'm going to be Scarlet Witch. I'm a dick. Yeah, get over it. <laughs> Agree to disagree. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Anyway, awkward. Jesus Christ, everybody. <laughs> I already laughed. I can't Jeez. laugh anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what was I saying? What were we talking about? <laughs> You're scared that Cyborg's going to look terrible. I am scared that he's going to look bad. Agreed. That, that's a good point, Jared. I mean, with uh, him wearing the mocap suit and then also being around other actors that are actually in real physical suits. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 definitely a concern because that suit is such a big part of uh, this movie. 
um, because uh, he has different uh, the suit has different abilities. I hear that the that he has an arm that can actually turn into like a, an energy cannon. Um, he has, uh, and then he has in the concept art, he's got a battle mode that he can go into, and in he's the battle, basically Mega Man. Yeah, it's awesome. In the battle <laughs> mode, cool. throughout the entire movie, he's got his head exposed. So basically, you're seeing Ray Fisher's head, and then everything else is CG. Okay, but when he goes into battle mode, the helmet comes on, so now he's like 100% CG. But in the battle mode, he has instead of just two arms, he's got four arms. So he's got two extra arms coming out of his back. Really? Yeah. So he's go he goes into like a battle mode where he can fly and he's got like extra arms. So uh I mean if you're gonna have and, and in the in the concept art, like it's got him flying right next to like the Batmobile, which is an actual fucking car that they have in this movie. And then like Wonder Woman's jumping off of the Batmobile, and then you've got like Parademons attacking the Batmobile and running after Wonder Woman and Cyborg. I mean, you've got all these things that are really there on the set, and then uh, you know, except for the parademons. But I mean, then you've got like this guy who's like all in CG. It's like they've really got to lock this down and nail this fucking CG on on Cyborg to sell me. I'm worried about yeah. that. I I'm also a little nervous just because um, doesn't Ray Fisher come from like a like a Broadway background? Yeah, yeah, he's done a lot of Broadway. So something that. I'm a little nervous about is him bursting acting. out into song. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I'm worried about that too, man. It's like I am not just a robot. <laughs> I am a human being. Wouldn't it be better if he just jumped into "If I Only Had a Heart"? Mm-hmm. <laughs> being uh, Jake, acting. are you still pissed off about the lens crafters no, comment? No, not at all. <laughs> I just I. I can't feign enthusiasm for a Zack Snyder Justice League movie. I mean, what do you want me to do? I, I'm being quiet because I'm back here doing cartwheels about how excited I am about a third Zack Snyder DC movie. Dude, I am so fucking pumped for another Zack Snyder DC movie. I, I can't contain my excitement. I'm just fucking through the roof, dude. I'm like shaking. I'm so excited for Zack Snyder okay. DC movies. All right. Woohoo! Uh, Zack Snyder can't wait to what, see what he fucking does next. <laughs> I thought you were over there plotting to scratch my goddamn eyeballs out. No, I didn't I know just, what was going I, on. I mean, Jared has enthusiasm for this. You have enthusiasm for this. If you guys have stuff to say about it, I give the floor to you. I mean, yeah. you don't want to hear me just say, eh. But it's all at the end no, of the day. No, no, it's no, just no, 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 no. I'm not saying like, I'm saying like for me on my end, Yeah, it's wishful thinking. It's wishful thinking. Do I think that they're going to deliver on all this? I've heard of set visits where they go to these set visits, Jake, and they are all just like, oh, my God, these set visits are amazing. Yeah. Wow, these set visits are great. The next thing you know, when you act- watch the actual movie, it's a pile of shit. Exactly, because they want more set visits. They're not going to walk away and report that it was all a bunch of garbage so they can right. never have another set visit well, again. This, uh, let, me, let me throw this out there to you, though. The people that they invited to the set visits were not people that viewed the Batman v Superman positively. Mm-hmm. The people that they were looking for were negative 
to mixed reviews. Yeah, well, that's all there are as far as critics go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that pretty much nails them. <laughs> so, that pretty much nails them. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. I just I can't help but be glass half empty about the whole thing. I mean, at the oh, end of, at the end of the day, I expect something that I'm not gonna like very much. No, I, I, you know what? Like, I, I honestly like if like if there's any any of this news that got me to that point, yeah. I would I would say that. And if I hear anything coming out of this, and like once I see like the first trailer, if I'm not sold, then I'll jump on that. I'll jump on that wagon. But like for right now, everything that I've heard, I, I'm I'm behind it. it. It makes me hopeful. I am excited about Jeff Johns' involvement. I do think he's very competent, and that that does give me some hope. But like I said, as of now, they're denying he even has much involvement in the whole thing at all. That's that that is true. Uh but but Ben Affleck can't keep his mouth shut and Ben Affleck has pretty much come out and said that he has a lot of involvement. Ben Affleck is also, you know, Ben Affleck's been pretty damn honest about everything. They asked Ben Affleck about his solo film and yeah. he's like he's like, "You know what? He's like, yeah, I'll direct it, but he's like, I'm not going to direct it until the script is right. I yeah. thought that was great. I love that. And, and, and they asked him, like, is the script good to go? And he's like, no, it needs to be tweaked. <laughs> so nice. is Goyer on board again for Justice League? That's a good question. I don't know. I, I, I surely hope not. Me I, too. I, I hope that they got somebody else in there, a second screenwriter, to go over his fucking bullshit. Because I, I don't need I don't need him again. No, I'm over Goyer. Um, mm-hmm. I will say this: at least everything that's coming out of this seems like good so far. Whereas everything that we heard leading up to BVS no, was yeah. shit. You, you, t- yeah, you tell me something. You tell me something that's bullshit out of this. I'll call you out on it. Right. I'll be like, well, that that sounds like shit. I don't like it. I'm out. But so far, it's like I feel like we've got a studio here. That is going out of their way to say, you know what? We know we fucked up. We know we fucked up. And we're going to, a, a, a year and a half before the movie comes out, we are going to give you a set visit. And guys, set visits, usually when people go to a set visit, you don't get to hear about a set visit until about a month before the fucking movie comes out. There's an embargo right. on this shit. Yeah, but they have right. to do damage control here. This is damage control. Can you blame them, though? No. No, they, they, this is necessary. You got to get people behind this fucking movie because not everybody was behind Batman v Superman except for the DC fuckboys. DC mm-hmm. fuckboys, doesn't matter what you fucking throw in their faces. <laughs> DC fuckboys are all about DC, you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm. <laughs> I just kind of cringed for a minute when you started in on that because I know we got Gafford on. I know. <laughs> okay, but you can you guys give me at least a little bit of credit for the fact that as much as I am, and and I would consider myself somewhat of a DC fanboy, I can point out and agree with you on things that were wrong with yes. the movie. Gafford, Gafford, I wanted you on this podcast not to fucking ridicule you. But that, that, that no, that's the god honest truth. I wanted you on this podcast because I did want. I I, I think there is uh, there, there's yin and there's yang, and, and Jake is the yin and you're the yang, and so it's like I wanted those polar opposite opinions, and I I I think like like I'm we're not trying to beat up on you this podcast. You you make great points. No, yeah, I'm not trying to beat up on Gaffer. Absolutely, I, I don't I don't think. I mean, he drinks the DC Kool-Aid, but I think he's got a little bit more water to sugar ratio than some people. Well, <laughs> shit, man. If he's drinking the DC Kool-Aid, you're fucking breaking through fucking Frank's wall screaming, oh, yeah, for Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very possible. <laughs> 
Very possibly. <laughs> I mean, like I've said in previous podcasts, though, I, there was a time where I wouldn't even see Marvel movies That's in the true. theater. That's true. <sighs> That's true. So. All right. Hey. Hey. <laughs> You guys, are you guys ready to take a break and then we'll come back and talk more about the set visits? Oh God, I can't wait to talk more about <laughs> Zack Snyder Justice League. <laughs> Pumped! Yeah. Harmon, 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 Harmon. Make some sense of all this for me, man. There's no sense to be made here. <laughs> Thanks, Harmon. That's where it always is, though. Okay, guys, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about Wonder Woman's suit. We're going to talk about Batman's suit and some of the new fucking uh, the vehicles that we can expect uh, in the Justice League uh, movie. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. All right. Hey, we are back. Uh, we are losing one of our special guests, uh, Mr. Jacob Harmon. You got to hop off, right? Yeah, unfortunately, I have work tomorrow and got some things I got to take care of. All right. Bye, so. Harmon. Yeah. Bye, Harmon. Later, bro. You know, I tonight was pretty special for me. I had my uh, my Frank Hammer cherry popped. This is my first time talking with Frank. And... It was it was a mesmerizing experience. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Destiny said the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it's not anything anybody usually forgets, good or bad. <laughs> seriously, though, it was great talking with everyone. You know, I love being on, and it's great to talk to Jared too. So, absolutely, man. Yeah, thank you for joining us, man. I'm glad you could uh, glad you could be there for the Independence Day talk and uh, and uh, bear with us during this DC talk. <laughs> yeah, it's a trial without a doubt. <laughs> yeah, I'm willing <laughs> for some more than others. <laughs> All right, thanks a lot, Harmon, dude. All right, take care, everyone. Later on, see you, buddy. Bye. All right, guys, we're going to talk about uh, Wonder Woman's suit. Uh, not a lot to talk about. Wonder Woman's suit is ma- mainly the same suit that we saw in Batman v Superman, but the red in her suit is a little bit darker. I guess so what I'm hearing that they're trying to portray is that uh, she's killed a lot of people. And the blood is supposed to represent, the red is supposed to represent the blood of like, you know, everybody that she's killed. Uh, the costume is supposedly like over 5,000 years old. Blah, blah, wow. Blah, Between blah. Batman v Superman and Justice League, she's killed? <laughs> I guess so. I don't wow. know, man. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Batman suit is the same from Batman v Superman, but there's more armor under the mesh in the suit and he looks even bigger from what I hear. Uh, and there's, a uh, there's, that's his first suit that we see in this movie. There's supposed to be a second suit in the final act of the film that's even bigger than this suit uh, that has an exoskeleton enhancement that could allow him to, like, p- maybe punch harder. Um, it's, it's a bigger suit with an exoskeleton arm, and he can punch and shit and blah, hmm. blah, blah. Uh, and then the blades on his arms, I hear, like, those blades look even more samurai. They're sharper. Uh, but he in this final suit, he has goggles on the suit that I hear that he wears 
that allows him to drive a special kind of vehicle that we'll see in the film. Hmm. I was wondering if we were going to get like an aquatic Batman suit with the yeah, Aquaman stuff. That'd be cool. We may. I mean, maybe with the goggles, that's what it is. I, there are two new vehicles that are revealed through the set visits, mm-hmm. but I hear there might be even more vehicles revealed. So this suit might be attached to a, a vehicle that we haven't even seen yet. Okay, interesting. Um, are both of these vehicles, or are they just vehicles for the Justice League? Uh, there are, it sounds like one of them is a, one of the vehicles that was actually made before Batman was Batman. It was actually made by his father back in the sixties. The second vehicle sounds like it was made for the justice league. Uh, if there's any vehicles after that, I don't know. I don't, I have no, and I think there could be more vehicles, but I don't know. I don't have any information information yeah, on those vehicles. I agree. They want to keep some of their carts, you know, to their right. chest. So let's talk about sure. some of the vehicles that we can expect in this film. Of course, uh, we know we're going to get a Batmobile. Uh, the Batmobile in this movie, there is uh, in in Batman v Superman in the front of the Batmobile. There was that the gun turret. Mm-hmm. Yep, the gun turret. In this, the gun turret has been replaced by a rocket launcher. Wow. Step it up. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's also, uh, on the side of this Batmobile, there are bigger miniguns than there were in Batman v Superman. So the miniguns are bigger on the sides <laughs> of this Batmobile. Uh, there's also rockets on the back of the Batmobile. Uh, like, you know where the fin is on the back of the Batmobile? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Apparently, back there on, on the on either side of the fin, there are rockets... I think like five rockets on each side. Good God. On the fins. Yeah, this thing is fucking load, locked and loaded. It is, it is ready to go. Watch out, parademons. That exactly, exactly. We're gonna see this thing fucking kicking the shit out of parademons. And I think you can really let Batman let go on parademons without fandom yeah. getting all pissy like they did with True, the Batman right. v Superman stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in the concept art, now this is not the picture that was released online. In the concept art, there's also an artillery cannon uh, coming out of the roof on the right side of the Batmobile. Uh, and in order to fire this artillery cannon, which is a powerful artillery cannon, it has to shoot out on four different sides of the Batmobile these stabilizers that lock into the ground. Oh shit! It's because if mm. if it does if the stabilizers don't come out of the Batmobile, this thing is just going to be fucking kicking back and moving all over the place. It has to stabilize itself. Okay, so it can't be moving and firing this weapon. Exactly. Uh, so I like like you said, I can see this thing just fucking destroying parademons. Yeah, that'll be cool. <laughs> uh, Screen Rant. Uh, they talked more about the other vehicles, and here's what they had to say about a new vehicle called the Nightcrawler. And I'm not talking about Cody Smith, Mc, Cody Smith McPhee's character, Nightcrawler, <laughs> in uh, X-Men Apocalypse. They say the Nightcrawler is an old military vehicle. It's not armed. It's designed by the Wayne family back in the 60s. And this is that first vehicle I wanted to mm-hmm. talk about. Uh, it's, gotcha. a, it's a four-treaded tank with each tread on a separate leg so it can walk. Uh, oh, wow. It's a mech. This really? thing is a mech. Wow. 
its special function is that it can pierce into surfaces with each leg to climb up walls or hang from the roof. It's big. Um, yeah, so this this thing can uh, climb up walls. Um, anything in its path is going to get crushed is what it sounds like. That sounds pretty neat. Uh, yeah. Its cockpit interior, uh, its cockpit interior is based on function, like a forklift. It has one command seat and two fold-out benches. Uh, the art that they saw depicts Batman driving it with Flash, Wonder Woman, and Cyborg tagging along as it travels through an underground tunnel network to the Strikers Island ventilation shaft, which is part of an underground network abandoned in 1929 that was designed to bridge Gotham and Metropolis together. Uh, a big action sequence takes place where the four heroes with the Nightcrawler battle the parademons near their nest. Hmm. Hmm. So this is what they believe is the first team battle that we're going to see in the Justice League. This setup with the Nightcrawler in the in the underground battling the parademons. So when the Justice League is doing their recruiting, it's believed that Cyborg says, no, I'm not going to join the Justice League. Uh, I think he's trying to be recruited by Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman comes to him. He says, no, I'm not doing it. Um, now, Commissioner, later on in the movie, Commissioner Gordon, he puts up the bat signal on a roof, and Batman... Wonder Woman and The Flash, they show up on the roof. J.K. Simmons, as Commissioner Gordon, has his, like, he's got his traditional look, the mustache, uh, the long trench coat, and he tells them, guys, there's been eight kidnappings. Eight people have been kidnapped. And then Cyborg, out of nowhere, pops up and says, no, make that nine. And he's talking about his father, Silas Stone, mm. being kidnapped. Wonder Woman looks at Cyborg and shoots him a smile. And she knows that he's there to join the Justice League now to fight to get her to get his father back. What a bitch. She's happy about his father getting kidnapped. Yeah, I know. What a fucking cunt. <laughs> it's all about Wonder Woman. All about Wonder what Woman. What she wants. I know. Jake always looking for the positives. <laughs> so now they have to battle the parademons in the parademons nest, okay? I also have heard that Wonder Woman has prior knowledge of the parademons before they encounter them. And when she mentions them, Gordon looks confused. She actually mentions the parademons. Mm -hmm. And Gordon looks confused. And then Batman has to uh, kind of like compare them to the flying monkeys in the Wizard of Oz mm -hmm. for Gordon to understand. So a little bit more humor in this. Yeah. Um, and it, what, what is believed is that the, the parademons are hunting down these three, uh, these three mother boxes that we talked about earlier. That's like the consensus. Like everybody that's went to the, these uh, set visits, they think that's what these parademons are there for. They're uh, sent by Steppenwolf or Darkseid to recover the three mother boxes. That makes sense. It's kind of their technology since right. it comes from apocalypse. Apocalyptic technology. Um, even like even in that deleted scene that we talked about earlier, uh, we see Steppenwolf with the three cubes. Mm -hmm. uh, it's believed that those three cubes and him are holograms, so it's not like he's in possession of them at that time. Mm. He's basically mm -hmm. just showing Lex Luthor, you know, what they're after. 
Does that make sense? It makes sense. It yeah. makes sense. Will Lex be in this movie? That Zack Snyder has been very coy on that. Yeah. And saying like, well, he said basically like, you know, prisons are very porous in the DC universe. So you never know. Mm. Basically. I read something. Like he, I read something like he could escape. That, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I read something earlier today that said that there was something about a jailbreak scene with Lex Luthor. It, w- w- was that about the Justice League movie, or was that possibly with, uh, was that, uh, um, uh, Suicide Squad? Oh, um, I'm not sure. I didn't see which movie it was referring to. I just okay. saw something about a jailbreak with Lex Luthor. I would have to, I would have to think that it would have to be something with, uh, Justice League, right? Yeah, I wouldn't would think, think they'd so. do that with Suicide That's Squad. too much shit going on in Suicide Cause Squad. Because we've already got, yeah, we've already got, uh, Jared Leto's Joker in that movie. And a little bit of Batman, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, denofgeek.com, they talked about the mother boxes. They, they, they said, quote, Justice League, it seems, will elaborate on these mysterious cubes. Deborah Snyder apparently described them as apocalyptic on set, uh, which matches up with the comic book lore. Therein, mother boxes are sentient supercomputers that were created by an apocalyptian scientist. This could explain why Darkseid's minions are now attempting to track them down in Justice League. To reclaim the powerful technology that originated on their planet. Um, Which is really – that's really interesting to me because as as I was uh, reading uh, on the break, I was reading up a little bit more on Mother Boxes. And it said that the Mother Boxes to the Apocalyptans and the New Gods uh-huh. were basically this the equivalent of like – an iPad or um, or a PDA or or something like that. That's just like an everyday use kind of a thing. Oh wow! But to to put, but to us, I mean, it's but to like us, it's something more. Absolutely, yeah. Hmm. Um. So then, uh, the Justice League they're all going to head to this Parademon nest, and Flash looks at Cyborg and says. So they're they're on their way. They're on their way to to go to this parademon nest and battle these parademons. And Flash looks at, now that Flash that now that Cyborg has said I'm coming with because you know they've got my father. Flash looks at Cyborg and says, "If he's going to come along, we don't have room in the Batmobile." <laughs> Basically saying that Cyborg's suit is fucking massive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and Batman says something. He says something like. Well, I have something bigger. Mm. And that's when they introduce the Nightcrawler, which is that 1960s tank-looking thing uh, with the four treads, um, which I think is very cool. I think that will be a very cool scene. I think it would be awesome if, like, Flash started playing. Like, if they're going through, like, these underground tunnels, I think it would be so cool to see a scene of the parademons coming at this thing Mm -hmm. and getting crushed like bugs underneath it. As like Flash plays like some fucking cool music or something yeah. through his suit or something funny like that, um, I, I, I just think that'll be a very cool scene. Uh, the Justice League will also have a new team vehicle. Not only will they have the Nightcrawler, uh, but uh, where the the crawler is an old machine that finds itself useful in the Justice League. The modern Batman ride in the new film is the new JLT Trooper. Uh, it's called the Flying Fox. I guess that's the code name. I don't know if that's the name that they're going to use in the movie, but it's called the Flying Fox, and it's a massive state-of-the-art flying vehicle that essentially serves as the Justice League team cruiser. It's housed suspended from the ceiling in the Batjet hangar near a Gotham port. 
This location's design is inspired by submarine bays, and we walked through this hangar later in the day. The hangar itself is fully built, and the interior rooms and cockpit of the Flying Fox will be constructed later in the production for shooting. I basically hear, like, this is a flying tank. Okay. Like, this thing is fucking, like, it's, it's, it's just loaded. It's a flying tank. This thing will fuck you up. I also hear that there's, uh, there's, uh, like, uh, uh, there's like an artillery gun in it. Like, and I, I hear Alfred is, mans that. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. And that's where Alfred will come into this. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm hoping since like Batman's in this and he, they're using a lot of bat tech that Alfred will be a big part of this. Yeah. Yeah. That would yeah, be great. I would hope so too. Yeah. I want to see more Jeremy Irons in this. Yes. That would be awesome. Absolutely. Uh, the concept art of the Flying Fox, like, a, yeah, it's a, a, gun, a gunner cockpit with triple cannons on each side. Uh, and the, like I said, with another image showing Alfred serving as the gunner inside of it, uh, continuing his role as the field support as he was in Batman v Superman. There are three levels of the vehicle, the top being the cockpit, the middle deck housing weapon racks, and seating where Aquaman was drawn in. And the lower deck has cargo space and houses the Batmobile as well as a deployment ramp ramp for entering and exiting vehicles. Now that'll be cool to see like the Batmobile dropped out of this exactly. thing and yeah. hit the ground running. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman has a large hangar separate from the Batcave where he works and stores other vehicles like the Flying Fox. Like I said, like it's suspended from the ceiling. So. We saw the Batcave in Batman v Superman. Mm-hmm. This is a separate hangar. It's separate from the Batcave. Okay, but yes, yeah, still part of. But that's where it gets kind of like the everything gets muddy. It's like I don't know if like this is like because this is just a few months after BVS. Mm-hmm. I, I can't believe that he's made an extension of the Batcave in a less than a few months. This sounds like this is like a backup Batcave somewhere. That we just didn't see That we yet. did not see yet. Okay. Well, I mean, he's been the Batman for quite a few years already. He could yes. have already had it in the works. No, I, but well, we saw the Batcave. We saw the Batcave right. in BVS. Yeah. This movie takes place a few months after that. Right. There's no way in fuck he was able to construct this, something that's going to... Basically, something that's going to be able to uh, support uh, the flying fox, which which is a vehicle uh, that's suspended from the ceiling that can like take the entire Justice League around town to fuck shit up. Yeah, he would have already had to have had it. Yeah, he would have. Already, exa- yes, yeah. but it, it's separate. Right. Yeah, it's not like it was built during. No. Huh? Yeah, yeah, he's already had those, this. Exactly. You're right. Uh, there was no information at all on. Uh, how Aquaman fits into any of this other than what Jared told us earlier. Mm. You said he was drawn in on the on the new vehicle though. Yes, but like how he becomes a part of the Justice League. Mm. Like like how they come to to him. Okay. Like Jared talks about like how there's conflict between him him and Batman. Like, you know, Affleck yeah. talked about how like like how he's stubborn and mm. you know what I mean? But there's like there's no we don't know like how Batman and the rest of the guys they they come into contact with Aquaman and like how he becomes part of the Justice League. Yeah, I would guess that he would come into contact with them, possibly the Parademons fuck Atlantis up. There's got to be a part where they're near the ocean. There's yeah. got to be something where they're near the ocean, and then all of a sudden, like boom, there's Aquaman. 
and riding a fucking seahorse. Exactly. He's got a fucking gun strapped to it. Right. He's got a fucking turret. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, none of the third act was revealed in this at all. Hopefully it stays that way. Yeah. Uh, we do know for a fact that Superman will be in the film. Mm-hmm. That uh, Deborah Snyder said this to Empire. Obviously, Superman is part of the Justice League. Uh, there wouldn't be a Justice League without Superman. But his way back to us, we don't want to spoil that. But he's yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> but he's here. Uh, make of that what you will. It could mean anything from he's literally here to he's here in spirit or he'll be here right at the end to tee up the next film. Deborah Snyder gave a lot more information than Zack Snyder would give. Zack yeah. Snyder would not even admit to Superman being in this film at all. I'm sure he's kicking her under the table. Yeah, he is. There's definitely, I guarantee she's fucking got some bruises on her. Yeah, you're oh. sleeping on the couch tonight, yeah, Abby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so, I, th- okay, you know what? I could go over Zack Snyder quotes. I, I could go over Zack Snyder quotes all day about what he talked about this, but I'm just going to ask you guys straight up, Jared, from everything that we've gone over, what is your excitement level for the Justice League? Does this give you hope, or are you just kind of like, all right, this is the same old, same old? But I, but I know you love Batman v Superman. You give it a high taste. Yeah. It, it, it honestly, I felt like when from from what I saw from you on social media, it felt like you loved this movie. Okay. Oh, totally. Yep. Okay. So like like what it, like from what you've heard from Zack Snyder and what you've heard from like coming out of the these set visits, like what are your expectations for Justice League? My expectations are are fairly high, and 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 hoping hopefully I'm not setting myself up for a disappointment with that. But I mean, from all the stuff we've talked about, the fact that there's going to be a much lighter tone to the movie, stuff that I've I, I've actually heard that Ezra Miller was like the most impressive part of of everything. That some of the some of the people got to see a scene between like being acted out between Ezra Miller and Cyborg, um, mm-hmm. and that they walked away thinking that the Flash might be the the like the star of this movie. Um, and so stuff like that. that kind of like uh, Quicksilver in uh, Days of Future yeah. Past. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so stuff like that that I've heard, um, the direction that it seems they're going with, it seems like they, they've got a pretty good idea of a story that they want to tell. It doesn't seem like they're trying to put too many stories into one thing, um, which for as much as I love Batman v Superman – the number of different influences that they took from that with Injustice and um, Dark Knight Returns and uh, Death of Superman and, and all that stuff. Yeah. It did seem like there was quite a few stories that they were pulling from. It seems like this is going to be more of an original story and that they have a set direction of where they want to go. And that really excites me as well. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm extremely excited for this. Uh, part of that is my bias, but part of that is also based off of, um, what has come out. So I'd give my excitement for this. Uh, it, it's, it's high. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah. 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 Frank. I mean, we can't really like rate it, I suppose. Yeah, we can. Okay. Well, if I was to give it anything on our scale, I'd, I'd give it a, a taste it like a middle of the road. Uh, I'm, I'm afraid to get my excitement up. 
It sounds good. It sounds good. Whereas before, mm-hmm. everything that we heard coming out of production was bad and muddled yeah. and convoluted. It, it's kind of like I just don't want to get my hopes up real high to sure. get burned again. I understand that. But it does sound good. I'm hoping that they can deliver on this lighter tone. It sounds great to me, man. If this is the fucking movie that we fucking get, dude, if they can turn it around, if they can Jeff Johns the fuck out of this fucking movie, the way it sounds to me, I Tupperware this shit. All this fucking news. I Tupperware the fuck out of it. I guess Tupperware yeah, fucking Tupperware. way. Tupperware too. <laughs> I'm just kind of skittish, I guess. I mean, it sounds good. And and great. It's a puss move. It's no a way. puss move. No way. Because it does sound good, but it sounds great. It's just pieces of information that we're hearing from everybody else. No, this is a studio that realizes, you know what? We fucked up. We fucked up. And they let the press come in there. They let the press hit Zack Snyder with the hard questions. They asked him, is your job in jeopardy? Dude, this is not like a regular set visit where they're all secretive and shit. No, yeah, this no, that. this is this is fucking Warner Brothers lifting their skirt up and saying, "Yeah, <laughs> take a look. This is what we got. This is what we got. We shaved in everything. Shaved in everything. Right, and it might look fucking great, but I'm worried about hitting that shit and getting an STD. <laughs> all right, that's so, fair enough. I'm just saying, from like what every everything that I've heard here, everything that I've heard here has really, really turned me around on what I got from Batman v Superman. It all does and sound And it great. makes me very excited. On, but on the flip side, I can tell you, well, let's, when the movie comes out, I'm still going to rate it the way I'm going to rate it. Right. But I'm going to come at you honestly. Everything that I've read here, from the costume design to the new vehicles to the way Batman approaches Barry to the way you know, all the characters, the way they sound, except for Superman, because I don't know what it's going to be like when he comes back. Everything sounds fucking awesome. Yeah, traditionally I when hope, characters, I hope they hold that. Oh, go ahead, Jake. I was going to say, traditionally, when characters come back from death, they're even more solemn and colder than they were. <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't know how we can turn that down more with Superman. So that's kind of scary. He's going to uh, arouse the fuck out of Jay. That's you guys, you guys got come on. Come on. I haven't think rated about, it yet. Think about this. Think about this. Think about this. Like, we all know Superman's coming back, right? Yeah. We yeah. all know this. Yeah. But I mean... Even when he comes back, there's got to be some sort of an emotional impact when he does come back. Because you hope. they keep all that to their chest. Because they, he's got to come back at a time when they need him the most, right? Right? Yeah. And I mean, come on. If they can, if they can hit that, man. If they can hit that. If they can nail that. If we can fall in love with these new characters. If we can fall in love with Ezra Miller's Flash. Because that's why they got younger guys to play these characters. They wanted to inject some youth. Youth. What does youth usually mean? Youth means fun. You know what I mean? When I hang out with my niece and my nephew, they're fun. We have a lot of fun together. That's what youth is, man. And that's what fucking Ray Fisher, Cyborg, and what Flash is going to do. They're going to inject some youth into this motherfucker. Because last movie, there was not a lot of fun. We didn't get a fun Superman. We got a fun Batman, I guess, when he's beating the shit out of people. But <laughs> Even that wasn't fun. So, well, there, there were times where it was fun. I liked it when he fucking threw that crate into that motherfucker's head. That was pretty fun. That was pretty fun. I, mean, I give the news a high taste it, honestly. Um, if, if what Jared is saying has me hopeful too, like if, if they're really going to have a singular line of plot and try to just, an original story sounds way better yeah. than, and 
amalgam yeah. of five Three, to six four, different five, fucking yeah. comic book storylines. Um, if they really are going to change the tone completely from Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, if that's really what's going to happen from concept to screen, then that also excites me. Are you me calling so Deborah Snyder a liar? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that there is the possibility of her th- putting the blanket over our eyes here yeah. and just telling us what yeah. we want to hear. And yeah. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer when it comes to this DC stuff. A Debbie Snyder Downer? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. But, but yeah, I, I want to be excited. I want to be excited about seeing Batman and Superman and all these guys on the screen together. I just... I, I, I'm skittish at having hope just because of everything that's happened in the past, but I guess I, I need to watch this. that away. Every bit of news. I, Jared, I'm with you, man. I do, like, right now I'm giving you a virtual fucking high five, my man. <laughs> I am. I right am. Right back at you. Dude, right back at you, dude. I'm giving you a fucking high five. And you know what? I may watch this movie and I might toss it, but right now, from the news that I have been given from Warner Brothers and from every other media outlet out there that did not like Batman v Superman or liked or hated it, whatever, all the news that I'm hearing from these people, it's positive. It's all positive. It sounds like that they understand what they've done wrong, and they are, I hate to say it, they are taking more of a Marvel route to this. Yeah, even though they're not. Yeah, but, like, I, I agree with the more Marvel route. But, yeah, yeah I, I, I taste it. Um, the Flash is probably what has me the most hopeful about the whole thing. Yeah. And the possibility that Debbie's not lying to us. Yeah. If there's any character that's going to bring some fun and lightheartedness and, and that kind of stuff to the DC Universe, it has to be the Flash. Yeah. Like, if they make the Flash into a cold, boring, no-nonsense, serious motherfucker, yeah. then I'm fucking out. I'm You're not right. seeing any more DCEU movies right. from here on out. You're right. And... um to me, the Flash is possibly may save this franchise for me. Absolutely. So, I mean, the only thing keeping me from giving this news a Tupperware instead of a high taste it is the fact that it wasn't announced that Snyder's hitting the road. Okay. Okay. I'll accept that. I'll accept that. Now, I'm 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 I'm, I'm actually impressed that you even gave it a high taste it. I mean, because I'm basing this purely on the news yeah. and, and that the promise of what they're saying is what's delivered on screen. The biggest disappointment tonight is that Frank tried to gauge what you were going to rate it, and he went with a taste it. No! And he missed the mark. God damn it, no. That's not what happened. No. (laughs) No. I've been fucked over by too many women in my life and heard the, oh, I'm going to change, baby. I'm going to change. It's going to be different. All right, man. Fuck that shit. It lasts like a week, and then it's back to the old ways. I'm basing my rating only on the promises that are being made. Okay. And the hopes that they'll deliver. So let's, let's, you you know what? We'll, we'll we'll reconvene when they give us a trailer. Okay. When they spoil how Superman comes back to life. <laughs> <laughs> you can't God tell me there's happen. not going to be anything of Superman in that first trailer. You can't. I hope not. I hope I not. Hope I hope there's nothing. I hope not. It'll but be I, there by the second. Three trailers. <laughs> three. Uh, if they have learned their lesson from Doomsday, they better not fucking give us any Superman. Because they, they better not. They better not. Nothing. I feel like You're it's the same like argument that you made with me, though, about um, Spider-Man and whether or not he would be in the Civil War trailer. Like, yeah. at the end of the day, they want to sell tickets. 
and they want to, they have a Justice League movie, yes, and they have the to name, show the, to audience that the trio are the, together. The name Justice League implies Superman. <laughs> you don't need the to name show Civil War implied Spider Man. I know. I understand. I, okay, now it's like now. now. <laughs> 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 the tables have turned. <laughs> Jake, Jake, you you win this round. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it felt dirty to do. That, yeah, that was a little underhanded. Jake, you win. You win the day. I can't argue that. I can't argue. They're going to show us Superman. I, I mean, there'll argue. be toys. There'll be Legos. He'll They're, be you're uh, right. promotional material. Right. We'll see Superman. You're right. You're right. There's no way they can hide it. There will be a Lego or a Funko Pop or something. Yeah. You're, you're right. It'll you're be right. there. Yeah. As long as they keep how he comes back under fucking wraps. Yeah. That's, if they're going to show Superman just looking badass and still, like, we still think, how is he, how did this happen? Yeah. I'm cool with it. Fine. Hey, final thing that I wanted to bring up. Jared, I know you got to leave us here soon. Final thing I wanted to bring up is, is the fact, the rumor from, uh, Heroic Hollywood. Uh, uh, from, uh, the, uh, uh, from Humberto that left, uh, Latino Review. His big rumor has been for months, he has insisted that the Green Lantern, one of the Gr- Green Lantern, either Hal Jordan or one of the Green Lanterns will show up at the end of this movie. Do you got, are you buying that? I, I think it takes away from the Superman resurrection if I, you do that. I don't think so. Okay. I'm buying it, but to a very low extreme. Like, I think there will be a teaser towards Green Lantern somehow. Okay. We may not see full-fledged, like, a Green Lantern showing up with his hands on his hips saying, I'm here to join. Right. But we will see some kind of insinuation that Green Lantern will be part of the DCEU by the end of this movie. Yeah. I mean, they they were talking about all these people being in BVS, and it was limited to a couple of minutes of screen time on Batman's computer, so... Probably something along yeah. those lines. We will see Green Lantern on an email sent from Batman to Wonder Woman. Go ahead, Gafford. What do you What do you got to say? Was, what do you guys think about something to the effect of? So, I mean, the the Green Lantern story that everybody knows is Abin Sur has his ship knocked down, and then and Hal Jordan shows up. What yeah. if there's just like a shot of like the ring in the sand on a beach or something like that, where it's just like, okay, <laughs> Green Lantern's a part of this universe, but I don't want to see Green Lantern. I don't want like just something small like that. It doesn't. It see that. that uh, okay, I, I don't know. I don't know what to think now, Jared, because it's like that doesn't seem like Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder doesn't seem like a post credits kind of guy. Yeah, that's right. Post credits. But yeah. now that this, now that this, now that the now that Warner Brothers has got their fucking uh, uh, gr- grips into this franchise the way that they do, c- could they could they make him do that? Could yeah. there be a post credit scene? Or if he something? wants a job, they can make him do anything they want. I, I agree with Jared and Bride at the same time. I, I think what Jared is saying is exactly what I was talking about, like a very subtle innuendo towards yeah. it. But I, but I don't agree that they'll do a post credit sequence. I just think they'll do it as a third to last, second to last, last scene of the movie before we fade to black. Okay. Mm. Even as an Easter egg, maybe. 
That'd be cool. I don't think the DC yeah. movies will do the post credit sequence. I don't think. I think they. Zack Snyder's not wanted to do them. No, no. no. Well, did you read what he said about the deleted scene about how he had thought about making it a post credit yeah, and then decided yeah. not to? Exactly, exactly. I, I think that it, I, I don't think Zack Snyder wants to do that deleted that the, the post credit scene stuff. So that's why he released it as a deleted scene. Yeah. That's, and, yeah. But I think it's it's kind of like I think in a way it's kind of like him just like saying, "Well, I'm not going to do what Marvel does." Oh, agree. Yeah, I'm not going to do what they do, and it's like, fuck it. You know what? Comic books do it all the goddamn time. And Marvel wasn't yeah. the first movie to have to a scene that. at the end of the credits. Yeah, like, you're not biting off a of Marvel if you're doing that, and if people think that you are, then they've got the problem. I have no problem with sitting around. For the you know we all are trained to do this now. Anybody who watches comic book movies, we're all trained like fucking like little seals. Like, let's you know we all sit there and wait for somebody to toss the ball, and then we wait for that fucking post credit scene. It is stupid and annoying, though. It like, sucks when you sit around and you wait and there's nothing there. Yeah, I just wish it was all front loaded, or like you know how sometimes they have a different credits before the rolling credits. Yeah, yeah. like show the. The scene yeah, after yeah, 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 yeah. after the actor reel before you do the roll. Don't make me sit through the rolling credits. So you show like the anim- the animated credits. Yes, and then boom, you get your post your mid credit scene, and then you then you go to your black credit scene, and then the end of the movie. Yeah, like in Avengers, for example, where the Thanos in credit scene is perfect. Yeah, and I don't need to sit through rolling credits to watch the swarma scene. Just right. I don't even have that. Right. In my opinion, I, I hate. The very end credit sequence. I think that's a stupid, like a stupid form of the art. Yeah, like it really sells it. the art short. To I liked. My opinion. I, 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 I liked it in Deadpool with the Ferris Bueller. That shit. was cool as shit. Yeah, because that that's the way Fer- that's the way Ferris Bueller ended. Yeah, so I, I think that was probably the first post credits thing I could think of. Like going back, looking back in time. Was that even that at the very end of the rolling credits? Yeah, stuff? yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, because they had the bus stuff with mm. Rooney while the credits were rolling, and mm. then it was after that that he came out in the bathrobe. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're still here? Yeah. That was great. I love that about Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, in the commentary, it was very interesting. They said um, in that Deadpool thing that they used the exact wallpaper that they used in Ferris Bueller, oh, and then wow. the lawyer said that they couldn't do it. Oh fuck that! And so they had to make like kind of an offshoot. The, of the wallpaper? What yeah, the they fuck? said the wall. The wall. They they used the exact wallpaper, and they were told they couldn't do it. What a bunch and, of legal pussies! And Ryan Reynolds said in the new wallpaper, there's actually penises and phallic symbols <laughs> and stuff. That is <laughs> into the wallpaper. <laughs> awesome. That is so fucked up because it's like. Um, the Wizard of Oz is now public domain. Mm-hmm. Like, I could write a Wizard of Oz story if yeah. I wanted to and, like, try to sell it. Wizard of Oz is in public domain. But when it comes to, like, The Wizard of Oz, like, the original film by MGM, mm-hmm. like, I can't make a sequel of that version. No. Okay? So when they came out with the new movie by Sam Raimi, Oz, mm-hmm. they had to use a different shade of green for the Wicked Witch. Yes, yes. Good they couldn't God. use the same shade of green that she had in the original film. That 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 reminds me of that Ferris Bueller wallpaper shit. That's how fucked up Hollywood is. Yeah. It's, if you guys, this is, we're totally off topic. Yeah, we are. But if you get a chance, <laughs> um, the T.J. Miller, Ryan Reynolds commentary track yeah. on the Deadpool Blu-ray, yeah. amazing. 
Okay. Well worth it. One of the best commentary tracks I've heard in years. I've, I've got it on Blu-ray. So yeah. it's on there? It's on there. It's the commentary for the film? Yeah, there's two commentaries. There's a uh, Rob Liefeld, T.J. Yeah. Miller, and there's a Ryan Reynolds, T.J. Miller. And yeah. the Ryan Reynolds, T.J. Miller is fantastic. Awesome. I listened to the Liefeld one, too. Yeah. And it's just... Both of them sucking each other's dicks ah. for two hours, and Go it's figure. highly annoying. Go figure. But the Ryan Reynolds is great. Lots, hey. lots of insight. Jared Gafford, I know you got to leave us, man. I know you got to leave us. But I want to thank yeah. you so much for joining us uh, to talk about the, the DC. Honestly, if it wasn't for you, I would have been stuck with fucking Frank. <laughs> Frank not knowing what the fuck he's talking about. This is true. Jake bashing everything DC. <laughs> Harmon. I love Harmon. But this, you know what, uh, like, he doesn't have the love for this that we do, in my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. uh, as far as, like, the, the, the direction that the franchise is taking now. Like, he lo- has a love for Batman and, like, the, the Michael Keaton and stuff like that. But I think Harmon got burned by Man of Steel and he doesn't even want to give Batman v Superman a chance. And I, I get it. I get it. But I wanted to have you on here. Because I, I know I was excited about the direction this is headed with Jeff Johns involved. And I'm glad that you were here to kind of back me up, dude. So thank you. Yeah, Virtual absolutely. high five to you, dude. Yeah. I second what Brian says. I, um, when Brian told me you were going to be on, I was, I was pleasantly surprised because, I mean, even Brian himself is a little, I think came off a little bit jaded after yes. VVS. Yes. So it was nice to have someone with the viewpoint that was still gung ho about this DCEU. I needed you on here, Gafford. So thank you. And I agree with thank Brian that I don't know shit. Yeah. You don't. <laughs> um, real quick before I leave. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to. I don't know. I don't if you mind or not, but um, I saw two movies this weekend, and I just wanted to like give talk to you guys briefly about them real yes, quick. Yes, please. Okay, go over. It, yeah. Um. So I saw The Shallows. Hey, I'm seeing that tomorrow, so no spoilers. Okay, I won't give any spoilers. Um. And then I saw Ten Cloverfield Lane finally. Oh, nice, um, nice, nice. So. Shallows. I'm not gonna. I won't. Since you haven't seen it yet, I won't give any details or anything. High taste it. Um. And then Ten Cloverfield Lane. High taste it. Had did not expect for that movie to end the way that it did. <laughs> um, so that so seems both those that, movies. Yeah, that seems to be the consensus of uh, the Ten Cloverfield Lane. Like most people, don't expect that ending. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I high tasted sure. it myself. I Tupperwareed so. it. So yeah, um, thanks so much for having me on, yeah. guys. It's always a blast. You you guys are I, I've said it before, but I consider you you all of you close friends, and yeah. so it's always good to just talk about stuff that we like together. So yeah, 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 Jared, you're awesome, dude. Like uh, I don't know, man. It's just like ever since we met you at like C two E two, it's just like oh my god, Jared's just like one of us, dude. It's awesome. I love <laughs> I it. Agree. Thanks, I agree. I agree. Jared's you. fantastic. Um, more people should be listening to the Joe Schmo comic show. Not, you know what? They should just listen to it for you. They should just, you know what? No, you're like the Justin Timberlake. You know, it's like, uh, you know, no. no. <laughs> He's saying you should ditch your co-host. I, hold on. Oh, hold on. <laughs> hold on. I'm, you know what? Hold on. I'm telling, you know, I'm going to throw it out there. I'm going to throw it out there. Hey, Jared, if anything happens to Neil or Lucas, you always have a home here on Pop Culture Leftovers. Thank you so much. I All appreciate right. it. So if they like, like one day, like if you try to call one of them, and they don't show up, and like, like we don't know what happened to them. Like if they go missing, 
You got a home here. <laughs> All right. Awesome. All right. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm, he's going to do it. Either. I'm not saying that I'm a serial killer. <laughs> All right? One of his co-hosts has a 13-year-old boy locked in his basement. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no, I'm telling you I'm telling you, Gafford, you always got a fucking home here on Pop Culture Leftovers because we fucking love you. You're great. And uh, more more people should be listening to uh the Joe Schmo comic show. More people should be fucking tuning into that because you are the Justin Timberlake of that fucking team. You are. I don't know. I don't know. I, you got fucking uh what's the other guy? Fucking uh Lance. I don't even know. And then what, what? Lucas. Lucas is like Lance uh, Bass. Lance Bass, and then you got fucking uh, Joey Fatone as Neil. I don't fucking know <laughs> the fat one. <laughs> but you're you are fucking Justin Timberlake of that fucking group. You you're you know you are by default. They are fucking. They are just hanging on to your coattails. <laughs> so what you're saying is Jared should say if anybody's gonna make it out of that, it's gonna be me. It's gonna be Jared. <laughs> just don't get Jared. Just don't get a big head and make a bad double album. Oh gosh! <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. No, thank you so much. How can people listen to the Joe Schmoke Comic Show um, uh, out there on the interwebs, or on their iPods, or on their iPhones, or Androids? Yeah, um, we are on iTunes and Stitcher, and on a lot of other podcasts websites apps whatever you want to do um we also have our episodes are downloadable just from our website so if you don't have like if you have like an old school um ipod or something you can download them as mp3 files and just to play them that way too um we're on facebook and twitter if if people want to interact like facebook's definitely the place to do that um i've started doing live comic book reviews on there yeah um so uh if people want to and, and i'm trying to do like newer books that are coming out so yeah. um if if people are wanting to check out books and, and don't really know um whether or not they they're good or not uh, check that out um and hopefully i can help help people uh pick up some good books yeah, i so, know are yeah. you fucking people just buying books blind you're not listening to other people's recommendations? Well, Jared Gafford, he's reading these books. He's going to let you know if they're good or not. Yeah, let him be your guinea pig. Let Save him your be, four bucks. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. People just going out there buying blind books and shit. No, listen to Jared Gafford. The guy knows what he's talking he's about. He's like the bunny rabbit that you test the mascara on. Exactly. Holy shit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, look, he's still alive. He doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> Uh, all right, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. No. It's been a blast. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jared. All right. Have a good later, later, Jared. Talk to you later, dude. Fucking old school. Damn. These beats are so fresh. Snap. All right, yeah, Jared left us, but you know what? We're gonna we're gonna wrap things up with uh, real quickly with the Marvel news that uh, came out this week. Uh, where's that Marvel news bumper? Marvel news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> 
Marvel news. Yeah, you know what? It's it's always nice to have Jared here. Oh, I love Jared. Jared's great, man. Yeah, Jared's cool. great. I'm glad he joined us this week. I I really needed him because I like I knew coming in. I knew I felt like I felt like coming in like I had to come out swinging because like I haven't been like like I loved Man of Steel. Was not the biggest fan of Batman v Superman, but I knew coming in. I knew coming in, Jake. I felt like I felt like it was going to be all Jake Elliott just coming out swinging and saying like, oh, I know why Warner Brothers did this because they made fucking shit and i felt like i needed i think i needed gafford there oh yeah yeah for sure i am not the man this podcast needs when it comes to <laughs> see, <DC> news. <laughs> so i'm glad i had gafford here to kind of like back me up even though i haven't been like the biggest fan of the direction they've been taking uh, I felt like everything coming out of this fucking... Uh, no, I feel we had every avenue covered. We yeah. had Gafford, yeah. DC fucking yeah. fanboy, yeah. loved everything so far, looking forward to everything coming. Yeah. We had you, loved Man of Steel, yeah. felt burned by, you know, yes. BVS, yeah. has high hopes for the future. Yeah. And then we have me, hated all of it, <laughs> hoping hoping maybe something good could come from this mess. And Ezra Miller. That's and we it. had Frank, who knows nothing. <laughs> yeah. So we had... We had every avenue covered this podcast. Right, right. So it was good stuff. Hey, Harmon's the same as me. He didn't even watch BVS. Yeah. Oh, and we had Harmon, who didn't say anything. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's true. You know what? You know what? You know what's going to be fucked up, though? What's that? Is when we fucking review uh, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie that comes out next year. And then we're shutting the fuck up and listening to the fucking Mr. Miyagi Harmon over here fucking schooling us on Power Rangers because we don't know dick. Yeah, he's not going to be happy when I toss it. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Cranston's going to be in it for five minutes and then they're going to kill him off. Yeah. Let's talk about this new Marvel news that just came out, like I think, like yesterday or today or some shit. Yeah. Real fucking recent. You guys don't even know what the I fuck it is. Nope. Yeah, what's coming? Rumors about Marvel Studios teaming up with Fox. Oh, I did hear this. What? To have some of their characters star in each other's films are heating up. This is what we've heard from other outlets reporting out there. Matt Key, a producer on Kevin Smith's Fat Man on Batman podcast, was talking to Collider Heroes and said this. Here's a quote. I've heard from a few... Let's listen to this fucking wishy-washy quote. I don't even know what he... I don't even think he knows what he's fucking saying. I don't even think that he knows what's going on in his own fucking head. He's all over the place with this shit. Nothing's definitive. It's like he's talking to his wife. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Hold on. Yeah, Frank, this will sound familiar. (laughs) (laughs) Frank's married. I need a drink first. Yeah, here's the quote. I've heard from a few of my sources, my little birds. That's a Varys joke, right? Yeah, yeah. My little birds. Yeah, you're hilarious. We get it. Mm -hmm. You you watch fucking Game of Thrones. Uh, That Fox and Marvel have kind of talked, but not really. But, like, there's interest from Fox? Like... Oh, you know what they did with Sony and Spider-Man is actually pretty cool. Like maybe we're years away from that ever possibly happening. But I think that's what I what it would take uh, Fox joining hands with Marvel. What a dude! What a bunch of bullshit trying to they, make a headline. Right. It sounds like some dude in the friend zone wishing he could get. He with plays a girl. it safe. Well, even if it happens, it's years in the future. Yeah, so yeah. I can be right. Maybe yeah. kind of possibly. Yeah, kind of, maybe. But not really. Uh, you know, like, yeah, by the time it happens, I could be dead. Yeah. And then I wouldn't have to answer for being a liar. <laughs> Basically yeah. is what he said. There's no concrete. He, 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 like, pull your dick out and just say, you know what? Fox and Marvel are talking. 
it could happen. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen within the next month. They're talking. Negotiations are happening. But he's like, yeah, Fox and Marvel are kind of like, you know, dancing around and shit. Yeah, it may happen. It may not. It's such a bullshit fucking answer. It's almost like a taste it. Yeah, and color be crazy. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you fucker. And, and call me crazy, but at this point. I was looking at I you. I know you were. <laughs> at this point, I don't even care if it does happen in this iteration of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. It would almost be stupid. Like, unless we're saying that the X-Men are coming from a parallel universe into the Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe. It's like, well, where the fuck have they been right. all this time? Yeah. Right. Like, especially when you're doing things like the Civil War storyline yeah. to act like mutants have been here the whole time. It just, it's a whole fucking can of worms that wouldn't make much sense. So this one ridiculous quote comes out mm-hmm. from uh, this Matt Key who yeah. sounds like he doesn't know anything. And the comicbookmovie.com goes yeah. crazy. Just some fucking producer on Kevin Smith's Fat Man on Batman. Like, he's got, like, the inside track on this shit. Yeah. Then Den of Geek published this article. Uh, it says, could we finally see the Fantastic Four back under the Marvel Studios umbrella? That's what Den of Geek is reporting. Anyway, according to them, the deal is done. And in exchange for Fox being allowed to develop the Legion and Hellfire TV shows, Mr. Fantastic, Invisible Woman, The Thing, The Human Torch, and presumably all characters associated with them will return home. Including Herbie. That means Galactus and Herbie. Silver Surfer. <laughs> uh, Sorry. This probably isn't uh, that surprising given the critical and commercial disaster that Josh Trank's recent reboot became. But Fox did seem adamant that they were going ahead with a sequel. So perhaps they were just trying to throw people off the scent uh, Den of Geek reckon this deal has been in the works for a while now. Oh, and remember those Mystery 2020 Marvel movies that were announced along with the Ant-Man and Wasp news? Apparently, Fantastic Four will be one of them. Uh, this is only being reported as a rumor for the time being, but it does make a lot of sense. We'll update if we have any more information that comes our way. There was an update to this, mm-hmm. and the update was, having asked for some clarification from our source, we understand that the deal Marvel have made with Fox, which will see the Fantastic Four return to Marvel in exchange for the X-Men TV rights, also includes the rights to villains Galactus and Doctor Doom, as well as the Silver Surfer. Mm-hmm. All right. Is there any truth to this at all, Jake? I think it has a little more meat than the X-Men rumors. But it's still a bunch of hearsay. Okay. Are we going to exchange movie rights for TV rights? I, I, I agree with that. But there there could still be more to this than we know. Like if it's much like the Sony deal, then we're not exchanging. You know, we're helping the – introducing the Fantastic Four right. into a Marvel Universe movie. Sure. And we're still making a new Fox Fantastic Four movie. Okay, so Fox retains the rights yes. to the Fantastic Four. Yes. Is that what they're saying here? I think that's the – if this is true, that's the only possibility because they're not making a one-up trade for some going to be canceled See, in the one upda- season the update, Legion TV show. The update says, having asked some clarification from our source, we understand that the deal Marvel made with Fox – which will see the Fantastic Four returned to the Marvel fold 
in exchange for X-Men TV rights? Yeah. That, that's Come on. Bullshit. TV, basically TV money is money you're making off of sponsors. Yep. Am I right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. And like licensing, but how much yeah. licensing are they going to get? You're not going to get a lot of merch. Right. Right. So it's like, like I understand that the Trank, I, I, I just don't see a fire sale yet. This, this screams of like, this screams of like a, a fire sale. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, the Trank movie sucked. Uh, fire sale. We just got to get rid of them for fucking X-Men TV rights. I agree. If Marvel's getting Fantastic Four back, it's because they want it and they're paying cash dollar for it. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's not just going to be... Well, and, and okay, and if Marvel gets them back, Marvel's going to wait until the rights revert. If if they're going to wait until they're going to call Fox's bluff, they're not. I mean, they, Feige's already got his shit planned out until like twenty twenty whatever. Yeah, they've already got movies planned out. They don't need to have the Fantastic Four right now. Am I right? I agree. And Marvel already made the deal with Fox that's allowing them to make the Legion TV series. Yes, that deal's already been done. There's it, no fucking. They can't change the fucking deal in the middle of the deal right so the whole thing does reek of bullshit it does den of of reek yeah (laughs) why wouldn't this news have come out sooner if the deal's already been done like yeah if it was an exchange for legion we'd already heard about it right Uh, okay even if this is true and this could be true like i don't know but like i'm just trying to use common fucking sense but trading movie rights for tv rights makes no sense for me and you can talk to me all fucking day about what a fucking disaster josh trank's fox uh his fantastic four movie was you can you can talk to me all day about what a disaster what that movie was but that it doesn't equal selling something that could be amazing for TV rights. That makes zero sense to me at all. No, zero. I agree. On, on a side note, Fantastic Four domestically made more money than Warcraft. <laughs> there you have it. There you have it. There. You, well, do you know the numbers? No, no. I just yeah. I read an article about well, Warcraft. Warcraft made like twenty four million the first weekend or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But you saying Fantastic Four? Fantastic made, Four domestically made more, made more money than made Warcraft more, domestically. Domestically. No, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, internationally, it, the Warcraft we know blew up in China. Yeah, it's the number one video game of all time. Of all time, of all time. because of international <sighs> box office. Yeah, they're saying the next one may yeah. actually just be released in China. Yeah. And not even come out until direct-to-video in the States. I get it. I get it. Fantastic Four bombed. It bombed. But trading movie rights for TV rights right now makes no sense. Like, I can understand... Like, once Fantastic Four movie came out, they have, like, a limited amount of time before... Fox has a limited amount of time, a few years, before they have to make another Fantastic Four movie before the rights revert back to Marvel. If they don't make the movie within that amount of time, the mo- the rights move back to Marvel. That's mm-hmm. what happened with Daredevil. The Basically, uh Fox was supposed to make a Daredevil movie. Mm-hmm. They actually hired a director uh, to do it. Uh, I forget who it was. Oh, I knew at one point. Too. I knew at one point too um, who they had hired, but the, uh, he didn't. He didn't make the movie, and the rights then reverted back to 
to Marvel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Marvel's played fair with Fox. I, I don't think they would demand the Fantastic Four to let Fox make their little piddly Legion TV series. Yeah. They're fine with it. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it helps make them more money, too. Absolutely. I think, and they're not going to do anything with the X-Men anyway. No. Marvel's not going to... Marvel could do an X-Men TV show if they wanted to. Yeah. But they're not going to do that. Yeah, they're they're going to let them have it. Like I said, it makes no sense even introducing them into the current iteration yeah. of the Marvel Cinematic true, Universe. True, true, true. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Because it's like, uh, how are you going to introduce the X-Men when we've already got like this past history with all these characters mm-hmm, from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and then in the future film, the 90s? You're gonna have to reboot the whole universe in order to do that, and like, like, unless you're saying like a whole uh, parallel dimension or something. Or uh, maybe the only way to wake, make it work is to have the first mutant gene appear in modern day in the Marvel Cinematic Universe yeah. would be like the only way to make yeah. it work. Yeah, but like, how can you introduce like uh, some of the popular, you know, like you can't really bring Patrick Stewart into the universe. You can't. Bring- no. McAvoy and Fassbender and like you sure as hell can't bring in Jackman and that's what everybody would want to see is Jackman interacting with you know Tony Stark yeah Yeah, that'd be good what are you thinking Frank do you think that these rumors are indicative of just the fact that talks are going on like it's not anything solid like no real offer that we're hearing is like legit Mm because like what you're saying it's ridiculous Mm -hmm. but that talks are actually taking place finally I think I, I honestly, the only reason I would ever think that talks were ever taking place is because that that Marvel might be kind of like thinking to themselves, you know what? We would, it would be kind of neat to see Robert Downey Jr. interacting with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, it would be kind of neat to see Deadpool talking with Rocket Raccoon. Oh God, those yeah. scenes would be kind of neat, and I think that's the only thing that even interests marvel at this time is they don't need anything they don't need anything i think these rumors are more indicative of these websites wanting clicks (laughs) clickbait (laughs) that could be true too no you're right yeah it's 100 percent right it's clickbait it's clickbait yeah absolutely like oh my god X-Men are going to be the Marvel Universe? I got to read more. And then they say they're maybe kind of should have. I think your average, I think your average person thinks that just because the Fantastic Four movie bombed, that Fox is freaking out and they, they think that it's a fire sale and that they have to sell it off. And people underestimate the value of movie rights to TV rights. Mm -hmm. I think that people don't understand that. I think that people, I don't think that people get that. I, even though the Fantastic Four movie bombed, I think that Fox could actually hold on to this until the last moment and still do something right. They could Lauren Schuler Donner and they could get they could have another director in there. And they got Tim Miller in there to fucking kill it with yeah. Deadpool. They could get they could get Fantastic Four right. This could happen. Honestly honestly in my heart of hearts though, I want the Fantastic Four in Back the Marvel, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Sure. They're Marvel's first family. They are. They're one of my all time favorite group of comic book yeah. characters. They should be interacting with the rest of these characters. Well, I mean, especially with the direction that Marvel's going right now with all the cosmic shit. Yeah. They should be involved in this. I, I think it would be awesome to see, like, like, uh, Marvel's first, like a newspaper clipping saying, you know, just showing, like, you know, like, uh, the Richards family going into space and lost in space. Yeah. It, it and, saddens uh, me that they're not a part of these storylines. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then they come out of a black hole into present time. And it's almost kind of like the out of time thing with Captain America. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, oh, they, like, like, like they've been gone for so long in this black hole. Like they, they went through space and time and they've had all these ventures, 
through space and time. And what's been like 50, 60 years for them has only been like, you know, well, what's been like uh, moments to them has actually been 50, 60 years on Earth. Yeah, or have them trapped in the negative zone, yeah. another classic yeah. Fantastic Four trope. Right, yeah. right, right. But but I can't believe what Den of Geek is reporting. No. 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 I think it's bullshit. So, I agree. So if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and I'll eat crow on this, but it just seems like movie rights for TV rights makes no sense. I don't think it's even at all, and I think I think uh, Marvel did them a solid by letting them do their X-Men TV show. I agree. I don't think yeah. they have any hard feelings about that. Yeah. And I think even if they are right, they're right by accident. I don't think you're eating crow no matter what. I think right. they're purely just throwing fucking pebbles into the water. Sure. And, you know... If it happens, it happens. Yeah. But it's not because of this article. I agree. This article has no concrete evidence. Or no insight. And no, no insight. talks happening. Yeah. Yeah. The same goes for the X-Men shit. Yeah. All right, guys. This has been episode 144, part two. Thank you, Frank, for being here with yeah, us, no dude. Thanks for hosting us. Sure. Uh, and just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bags, thank you for patronage and thanks for listening. Fucking Game of Thrones season finale, motherfucker. Yeah, bitches! Fuck yeah, dude. Later, y'all. Later. Bye. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Gonna toss it, gonna taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Gonna toss it, gonna taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carryover, counterculture, pushover, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said Leftover Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftover We love it, hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture, leftovers.